Hello and welcome to Season 2, Episode 8 of Blood on the Tamases, a Vampire the Masquerade Chronicle set in Oxfordshire, England, 2012. With me tonight... Uh, Philip playing Silas Shaw of Clan Bruyere. Max playing Velvet of Clan Ventry. Lane playing Joanne Salt of Clan Torridor. And Carlos play, playing Theodore Penn of Clan La Sombra. So before we get into the recap, just a, a, a couple of things to note. If you are watching us live then I have exciting news for you because we are testing a different equipment setup than we've used before. We have our old equipment there as a backup if things go wrong, but it may be if we do experience technical difficulties, we will have to vanish for a bit. If that happens, do not fear. We have a quick solution and we will be back. Admittedly, Mitch will have aged about 10 years in that space of time. Um, and the other thing to say, if you're watching us live and you notice any oddities, technically speaking, that you don't think are at your end, do please let Mitch know. Uh, so, let's get back to our players for a recap. <laughs> I'm prepared, yes, I know. I'm aware, this pad, yes. I don't even know where I put my phone. Yes, yeah. uh, <laughs> yes, professional streamers, professional streamers, yes, it's all mine. So, uh, here we go. Uh, in the middle of the uh, silent situation, uh, Joanne told, uh, tells Bridget McAllister that she's contracted a lethal disease to explain why she needed to fake a death. Uh, Silas's stalker Liz reveals that she knows the truth about him and asks her, him to make her immortal. He counters by replying that he has a vampire fetish, vampire fetish and successfully convinces her that she's wrong. In the ensuing moments, Liz looks like she's about to fall from the roof, but Silas saves her, resulting in his own death. Uh, oh. So, yeah, working together with McAllister, Silas successfully completes his exit from mortal life. And Theo approaches Joanne with the offer of killing Dentum if she wanted to. She doesn't <clears throat> refuse, but asks if Sally wants to be present. She does, and Theo executes him. Uh, Velvet seeks out both Joanne and Theo to have heart-to-hearts with both of them, resulting in Joanne revealing she has a crush on Brutti, and a constructive talk between Theo and Velvet about apologies and honor. Uh, Silas goes to Finn to prepare for the games, and he's handed a man who has been prepared for him by Finn. According to Finn, partaking in this man's sacrifice will give Silas an upper hand in the games. And that's where we left it. Great, thank you. So it is Saturday the 12th of June 2012, and it is the night of the games here at long last. Uh, as you said on the recap, Silas has recently um, partaken of a man as blood and as a result of that, it's currently on Hunger Zero and also has the dyscrasia of Comfortably Numb, um, which means that you will not suffer any penalties from impairment, either mentally, socially or physically, whilst it's in play. It will stay in play until such time as you feed again or you go to Hunger Five. Now, with the rest of you, because we had a time jump at the end of last session you will all be on hunger one uh, you will have recovered any superficial willpower damage and superficial health damage um, just to note theodore's still on one aggravated willpower damage and joanne is still on one aggravated health damage that she is 
refusing to heal at this time. So whilst we've started off Silas's evening uh, on the 16th of June, we haven't started off the rest of the coterie. So I would like in the Haven to start with Joanne and Velvet. So over to you. So since I'm living here now, sadly for my sins, um, I will, this will be, I would guess the night before. So like the night before the games. Yeah. Um, I'll arrive at your door, knock on your door. Um, I, I'm assuming you answer. Come, yeah. Come in. So I'm holding in my hand like a suit, uh, like a, a hanger with a suit covering on it. Um, and I hand it to you and say, I got you this word tomorrow. Uh, I, I was just going to wear this, and she's you basically can't, no, just got pajamas on. You're not going to wear that. You're going to wear this. I had a tailor for you. <clears throat> it's perfectly suited to your size. It's an appropriate fashion statement. It's suitable for what's happening. So just get rid of that and wear that. Oh, all right. Uh, thank you, Velvet. Right. I leave. <laughs> and... As you leave, there's that sense that, yeah, when I tell people to do things, they do it. Yeah. And the only reason that you're not ordering around certain other people like Wallace is because you're choosing not to right now. But if you wanted to, you could do it. And with that knowledge, the beast in you calms and your compulsion goes away. I could definitely make Wallace my bitch. (laughs) (laughs) That's, That's what I'm taking from this. Sadly, yes. So Sadly, I, that is exactly what you're thinking. Of. I'm assuming that um, Joanne, you are wearing this outfit. Um, so it won't be very long on the evening of the 16th before Druti will arrive, um, and so she'll come to the Haven to you. Um, she'll say, "Oh, that looks nice." Oh, thank you. Um, Velvet picked it out for me. It's not something I'd usually wear, but I've been told it's, it's fitting. She says, well, we have to go and see the Herald soon. Oh, fun. Well, yes. Um, and, well, I hope you don't mind, but um, I brought you a little something. Oh. She will... Hand you a, a box. Take it and open it. So inside are a pair of earrings. Um, and they look like a pair of tiny keys on little chains. Um, <laughs> okay, yeah, you, you put them in. Wait, do they go with the outfit? Because I'm not taking that shirt. <laughs> I will allow you to decide. Okay. However, you picked a non-bright neutral yes, coloured yes, suit, yes, so yes. they will probably go yep. to be boring and fair about it. Yeah, um, yeah and they've got little um, rubies set into the kind of the heads of the keys. They're very small, but they're quite sparkly. They're beautiful, thank you. They look really nice on you. Are you uh, are you ready to go? As ready as I'll ever be, I think. I think it's going to be a long night. So she will take you um, to a place called Leaffield. Well, in fact, it's actually to a field itself between Leaffield and Finstock, in the north 
part of Oxfordshire. It is a place you have been to before, actually, because you've occasionally been to Finn's uh, domain, particularly when you were kind of back in season one, uh, meeting up as a young bunch of fledglings. Um, so yeah, you, you, you don't know the area, but it's not unfamiliar to you. And Druti will effectively uh, take you to meet the Herald, who will be waiting in all of his normal finery. Uh, you will note, however, that beneath his um, the robes that he wears, which are kind of pulled, they're, they're worn slightly higher than normal. Uh, he is wearing Wellington boots. And um, he says, Ah, I see you have arrived. Yes, uh, so what, to what do I owe this pleasure? I have decided that rather than having you run around the countryside with the others dealing with whatever problems the Northern Veen might need help with, you would be better served here with me. As you are aware, there will be many guests, and those guests are distinguished. They may sometimes require refreshments or may have other requests. And so we need to have some pleasant neonates to <coughs> make sure they are properly seen to during the games as Oxfordshire is hosting. And there have been some concerns about Clan Toreador and its situation here in Oxfordshire. And so I thought that to ease their fears that you would be present. A chance to redeem myself in the eyes of the city. Quite so. This is a great opportunity. Indeed, should you excel, it may speed things a little. Well, it would be, it would be an honour to. I must say, I do approve the new you, Joanne. Is that the expression she pulls? Okay. I've got enough composure to keep my face straight. <laughs> I have decided to award you a special honour and allow you to serve the judges of the games. And indeed, the princes should they require things. You will not be alone, of course, and Rupert will be on hand to assist with the, the more obscure requests. Of course. Do you have any questions <coughs> at this time? I don't think so, no. I just wish to thank you for this honour again. Slight bow. He, uh, he looks rather pleased with this uh, turn of events. He says... Then we should proceed. Indeed. And you will move towards the games together. So, Velvet and Theodore, you will also be present at the games. Um, you have been informed by Sir Holder. Essentially, you are on standby. So the Northern Veeam may contact you if there is a problem they don't have the resources to deal with or if it's just that they're already busy doing thing with something else. You know their job is to make sure that no authorities or just random humans get anywhere near 
this massively masquerade breaching event that is going on. Um, and whilst they've been preparing for a long time and supposedly have everything in hand, uh, you will know that it would be massively embarrassing if Oxfordshire made any errors here. And so you're there as extra backup. You will also know that Sally is part of the extra backup as well, though she apparently has some separate task um, somewhere else in the city. Is she available for us to call on? She is if you need her, yes. Okay. But she is... But Joanne is not. Joanne is not available, no. Uh, nor is Silas for obvious reasons. So where you come to... So what you effectively find, it's almost like coming to a weird night festival. So there is a field. It has been set up with um, tents and banners and... You know, it, it almost feels festive, except, of course, that the banners and the signs are those of the vampiric kindred. Whilst you will know that it is acceptable for you to go to almost any area of the field, if you like, nevertheless, there is sort of like an Oxfordshire area, there is a Cambridgeshire area, there is a Reading area, there is a London area. So generally speaking, the kindred of those domains will gravitate to those places. But if you either felt the need to or the desire to, you could wander off to like the Reading Corner if you want to. Is this, field, is this field muddy? The field is a normal field. It has not been raining particularly hard. Okay. However, it is not going to remain. It trash my shoes. It will trash your shoes. Um, and, the, and the field will be trashed probably by the end of this event. Okay. Change to combat boots. Sure. Go to my car, change to combat yep. boots. I probably have the... Uh, nearby? Sure. In a place, not on me, because I'm not a knight, but nearby or yeah, something like that. I and of course, I have my gun, but that is under, like, it, in my... Sir Holder will have told you that it is okay for you to have weapons on you because you are on standby duty. Oh, like However, they should not be visible. Can I get Seth's gun, though? Uh, also, I have no appropriate shoes. So the answer is yes, you can have acquired Seth's gun because he's not allowed to have one there, and he likes the idea of you having it for him in case... <laughs> he might need it, so, so he'll be very happy my with that. Katana should not be visible, so I should probably have it in one of the tents. Sure. So I should say, there aren't like tents for everyone. The way it works is the competitors each have a tent. Ooh, oh, because they I are... I know where my katana is going. <laughs> sure, so you can put your katana in, in uh, Silas and Jeffrey's tent. Uh, so each of them have a tent. Virtually no one else has a tent. However, there is some kind of large tented off area that uh, Rupert is overseeing, that no one is allowed to go into. Mm. It's been very strictly ordered. The various um, princes from the domains will also have kind of special seating set up, so they're not just like slumming it in the field. But many of the kindred are just standing, actually. They're not, they're not sat for this. Um, there is a kind of boundaried off centre area for the, the events to take place. So people are spectating from their positions. There is also a raised platform that has been erected that has um, various elder vampires sitting in it with steps leading up. So I'm just going to give you a, a, a quick kind of feel of what you can see when you're there. Uh, Silas, you will actually be in the tent, but take it as read, you will have seen stuff as you're coming in. And when you come out, of course, you will, you will see it as it is. All right, so... Let's start with, uh, it's worth mentioning that um, some of the princes, 
there are princes here who are on racings who are not uh, in the position of judges. Okay, so uh, you will recognise um, Amargo, Lord Amargo. He has been made a guest judge for this event and is up sitting up there. You will also recognise Sir William, of course, from Oxfordshire, the very smartly dressed mummified man. Uh, he is also sat up there as one of the judges for Oxford. Um, the third figure you will not recognise, but he is a hideous-looking Nosferatu. Um, oh, like all of them. Now, you have seen... I suppose you... I mean, you've seen the prince and you've seen Williams. You've seen some pretty extreme... And he is on a par of hideousness with them. Um, he's one of those Nosferatu that, when he smiles, which is not super often... It's all teeth. The smile is too wide. Um, he's wearing a judge's wig at a slightly jaunty angle and is wearing um, leathers otherwise that do not go with the judge's wig in any sense. And he looks vaguely bored. Uh, Amargo, of course, will look as Amargo always looks, which is stoic um, and completely kind of composed. And um, Sir William will actually look quite kind of pleased and will looking quite gregarious and engaging with the other judges. Um, Sir Drogo, Prince of Oxfordshire, is also here and he will be mounted up on his platform. Um, you, Joanne, will currently be quite nearby him because the Herald is at his side. You will also be aware that uh, the Prince of Cambridgeshire is present, uh, who... who you will know or will get announced pretty shortly, is called Lucian. Um, and he is a man of kind of dual um, kind of English-Egyptian heritage uh, who looks quite proud um, and is actually wearing quite modern clothes. He looks like a man in his early 20s. Uh, Velvet, I'll give you a quick politics kit. If you've got politics... You can make the role. If you have kindred what-its, you can make the role. You can do the same, Theodore. What does this go with? Uh, probably intelligence in this case. If you don't have it, you can't roll for this, I'm afraid. Do I get one for my specialist? You do. Two successes. Okay. Three successes. Okay. So you will know, both of you, that he is from Clan Ventru. Uh, you will also know that... Um, he is a relatively young kindred to be the prince of such an old domain. Uh, Velvet, you will know that he effectively inherited it from his sire. Wow, okay. Um, there is also um, a woman in a different area on a raised platform uh, who looks to be in her late 20s. Uh, she is quite uh, slender. Uh, she's wearing quite an elaborate gown with a quite a low rounded neckline um, and jewellery and she is quite pretty. Um, how she got across the field is a good question without trashing this dress but she yeah, seems to have managed it. Um, nevertheless uh, you will realise that she is Helena, Prince of Reading. And I'm assuming I definitely know that. You definitely know who she is, yeah. <laughs> it's also relatively obvious because the princes are all in their relative city corners and they're elevated up. 
you will also recognize the poor Ventrue messenger who got staked the last time in sort of in amongst the Reading thing. He's towards the back though. Um, you will also see um, Amanda is there. Um, she is not wearing a jumpsuit this time. She is also wearing quite an elegant courtly dress that looks a little bit old fashioned, but very, very nice. Um, and her hair is up. Uh, I don't think there are any other critical people I wish to describe. Is Wallace there? Ah, um, there is no Prince of London, but there are London kindred there. Yes, Wallace is there. So something actually both Silas and Velvet I wish to make a mention of. When Finn gets ready to go, he'll travel with you to the games. He will put on a badge. Um, uh, and it's essentially what looks like uh, a ram and a seahorse. But when I say a seahorse, I mean something that is half horse and half fish. Um, depicted in gold and crossed behind them is a sword and an oar. And uh, Velvet, when, when you see Wallace, he is wearing exactly the same pin. Have I seen Finn? You will, you will see Finn when he's there, yes. Okay. And you will see they are both wearing the same. And they are standing together. Okay. Um, um, and you will know, Silas, because of course you've been training for this for a long time, that they competed in the games for the last time together for Oxfordshire. Indeed, you will know, Silas, because you will have been told about the history of the games and things like that, that um, Wallace was something of a superstar at these games and led Oxford to victory. And, and it was one of the things that accelerated his, his um, position as a knight because he was so impressive. <coughs> would, would Silas have so been, glad I'm not uh, in these games, <laughs> dragging his name down with him. <laughs> would, would, would Silas have been told the identity of the third judge? Or? No, he hasn't been told who the judges are. Yeah. So a man will come out and as he's making his way out, the Herald will, will say to you, Joanne, he says, of course, Reading is such a small and new <coughs> domain. They do not get their own judge. As compensation, we allow them to do this side of things. Oh, so they're the, the opening act, so to speak? Oh, no, they... Uh, they will be carrying out the whole proceedings. I'm afraid it will be somewhat dull. Well, we have to endure, don't we? Indeed. So uh, a man walks out into the kind of the middle of the, the space. He is somewhat unassuming looking. He looks to be somewhere in his 60s. And um, he's wearing quite an old fashioned suit. He is like, like something looks a bit like it's out of the 1920s or something like that. Uh, he has got black hair, which is in a very, again, old-fashioned kind of side parting. Uh, and he has quite a neat moustache. Uh, he is white, I should say. Um, Joanne and Velvet, for various reasons, you will instantly recognise him because the difficulty is low enough you don't need to roll. And Joanne, because you ran the project from the previous season. This man's name is Liam O'Neill, and he is the child of Robert Weston. Um, and he comes out and says, um, hello and welcome to the games. For those of you who are new to this business, I'd like to explain the setup and the rules, how it's going to work. 
But before I do that, I'd like to thank Prince Drogo, Knight of Oxfordshire, for allowing us to be here on this fine day. There's a brief pause, he looks in his direction. It's truly an honor to be here with you. I'd also like to introduce you to our judges for this event. I'd like to thank the Prince of Cambridgeshire, Lucian, for stepping down as judge to allow us our special guest judge, Lord Amago, from the Tokyo Domain. And there is kind of a polite appreciation of this. <coughs> Uh, Amargo takes this as, yeah, well, of course, you know, everyone will be appreciative. He looks very kind of unmoved by it. Um, but there are a few kind of nods in Lucian's direction as well. That this was a decent thing to do. The Herald will say, Joanne, such a young kindred, it would be embarrassing if he was to be there. Um, so then Liam will say, Sir William. Knight of Oxfordshire is also the judge. And there's a kind of a thing of that. And so when it comes in, there's Anne from the Domain of London. Plucky Jake, yes. Clan Nosferatu. <laughs> We're very glad to see you. And he says, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> so. Moses is probably around. Moses is probably around. I'm not gonna see him. He has like an obfuscate war. Yes, Moses. <laughs> probably Moses is probably somewhere in the uh, in the area. Yeah. Yeah, as is Alice probably. He says, Fuck. "Prince Sabine sends her apologies for not being able to be here. She'll be missed, of course." So, there are four events for the games. For each event. The judges will choose at random which domain will face which domain. Before that happens, each domain will decide which competitor they're going to put forward. But the other domains will not know those choices until the lots have been drawn. Then the first event will be that of close physical combat. The contest will continue until the first competitor loses a limb. In the event of a torpor, the victor can choose the limb. In the event that the contest ends with a yield, the decision will go to the judges which limb is lost. Each team will have one vessel that they might use to replenish their blood between bouts. After the close physical combat, there will be a joust. After that, there will be another combat, but this time at range, using weapons as preferred by the competitors. And finally, we will move to another location where there will be a boat race. The competitors from each domain will compete together in a boat against the other domains. The winner of that race will be declared the winner of the games for this gathering he looks around says, I'm sure you're all very keen for things to get going so I won't take too much of your time 
I just need to have a little word with each of the competitors myself. Make sure they have no questions. So at that, I'll kind of lean into the Herald and go, sounds like sabotage to me. Yes, it sounds dreadfully dull. So much opportunity here being wasted. He and sighs. They, and they let him do it as well? Well, it is the best that Reading can muster. I suppose we should not be too hard upon them. So, um, Liam says, I wish all the competitors luck and we will be commencing shortly. And he look, steps away from the kind of the center area and we'll begin going to the various competitor tents. Um, Sir Holder will say, will be with you and Geoffrey, um, and she will say, she'll look at you both briefly and then she'll say, I think it is wise if Silas, you are there for the close physical combat. Yes. Geoffrey nods in agreement. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, you're the uh, you're the better horseman, Jeffrey. So I think the best you take the charge and then which one of us is uh, in better shape goes for the range. So Holder says quite so. I will pass on our recommendations, and then they will begin the draw. And she leaves you. Is there anything you want to say to Jeffrey while it's just you and him? How you doing? I'm I'm well. I was wondering if you could give me a hand with this armour. Certainly. So there is a big heavy suit of chain that he has been given. Yeah. Um, I assume I've been given a decent amount of armour as well. It's up to you if you want to wear armour or not. Would it, would, it's not up to Geoffrey. Geoffrey has been told he has yeah. got to wear armour. Yeah. So he is, <laughs> he is putting it on. It will strike you how childlike he looks, actually. You know. And if 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 I if Flash had been given armor that's not gonna uh, given armor he'd put it he'd be putting it on. You are gonna put some. You can have armor, yeah. Yep. What what would you what kind of armor would you like? Something that uh, well, it would be probably probably uh, some, some, some breast something like, like a, a, a breastplate. Breastplate. Decent camera that's not gonna that's not gonna abstract your vision. vision. Okay, sure. You have a breastplate and a helmet. You've had years to prepare for this, you've got yeah. them. Jeffrey has a heavy chain coat that basically goes down to, to his like shins and um with a, a a coif as well, and he's got a tabard with the crest of Oxfordshire on it. He does look a little bit like Little Boy Does Night <laughs> to you. <laughs> but um and, it, and it, you know, he can put it on, but it's hard because it's heavy, heavy stuff chain, you know. You can obviously put it on him. Yeah, you kind of drop it over his... Yeah. You've been practicing this for a while. And he kind of sags a bit once it's, once it's on. So you haven't got too far beyond that when um, Liam will come in. Yep. And uh, he says, I trust you're both ready. I think as rosy we can be. So he looks at uh, he, he's kind of looking at Jeffrey as he's speaking, but he's he's also looking kind of back to you sometimes. He says, "Are you sure you're okay there? You look a little weighed down." And uh, Jeffrey says, "Oh no, I'm fine. I'm ready." 
So I see. So it's a it's a great responsibility that you've both got for your city. And it's worth saying that uh, if you do well, it'll stand you in good stead for many, many years to come. The thing about Kindred, as I'm sure you already know, is that they don't forget. They remember things for a long, long time. Tens, hundreds of years. Your sire and Sir Wallace Benoit They've done well out of their victory. Well, I should say, Sir Wallace has. His name is often spoken of. So as he's talking, you're obviously gearing yourself up psychologically. You feel a little bit weird. Like, do you know that thing where you, you sometimes you can come to something and then like the nerves start like, this is real. Yeah. There's just something about it starts to make you feel a bit odd. Um, you take one point of superficial willpower damage. Well said. Sorry, that's a lie. You take four points of superficial willpower damage. Fuck. <coughs> Jeff? Halved. Is that, is that halved or is that not halved? Uh, no, that's not. That's after halving. Fucking hell. Oh. And he talks to you both for a little while. And he says, I'm going to be watching your progress with great interest, as I will with all the competitors, because what you do here today is going to set the tone for how things are going to be. I don't know if you know this, but the purpose of the games is to show the strength of each domain, but also to show they have a bright future. You're representing that future today. I'm sure you'll do your domain proud. You take another superficial point of willpower damage. As well. I'm sure you want to get ready. I'll see you out there. And then he turns and walks out. I'm so glad I can't be impaired. <laughs> so, oh, sorry. Yeah, so Jeffrey says, I, do you, do you really think we can do this, Silas? Jeffrey? Yes. We've been for years. We've got this. Yes, yes, you're, you're right. We've got this. Just as Sir Wallace and Finn did previously we will do this yes we we must do yes you're right we'll we'll do this together he, he looks out almost like through a crack in the tent as if to where liam has gone and yep. says yes you're yes we'll be fine focus on me focus on me there we go we can do this yes we've got this yes yes we've 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 completely got this we have got this yes all right so meanwhile outside in the um, in the crowd, there's this kind of waiting time where the various domains are putting forward which of their competitors and everything is gearing up. Um, whereabouts are Velvet and Theodore? Are, are you together? Are you separate? Are you walking about? Are you standing prominently? Just give me a sense of. I'm where kind of... the fewest number of people are talking about Wallace. That's where I am. Yeah, it's a, it, it is an issue that quite, because obviously quite a few people are, you're starting to hear, like you didn't really know that he did this stuff, but you're now starting to hear it quite a lot. It's a bit annoying. I hate him even more. Um, yeah, for me, I'm just going to be walking around. I mean, I will have tried to identify where Adam is. 
Not so I can go over to him, but so I know where Adam is not here. None of the Northern Veem are present. Excellent. They are elsewhere, keeping basically everyone else away, Good. closing roads, diverting traffic, um, any random night walkers doing horrible things to them with Dominate. They've got all kinds of things to, to be busy with. Fine. So you're just standing away from the, the main crowd of people. What about you, Theodore? I'm just going, since it's a, you said that they took out like a circular area. Yeah, in, in the middle, yeah. So I am walking around the perimeter, but I don't want to be bogged down because if I am like in the in first, like front line and some and the northern beam need help with something, it's going to be help yeah. out there. So, so I, I need to be able to move through the crowd with quality, like with, with ease. So many of the kindred are sort of drifting towards the, the kind of this, the little rope that rings off the area because they want the best view. So it's very easy to kind of move around the, the back. I mean, that said, it's not like there are hundreds of people here. So there is room for everybody and it's easy to move around. As you're making your circuit, you see someone heading towards you. Um, it's Naoto. Okay. You realize that um, you, the last time you've seen him, he was up with Amargo, but um, it looks like there's some kind of, for whatever reason, he's not with him now. He, he, so yeah, he kind of walks up to you. Yeah, I mean, it's his prerogative is yeah. a free country. I walk around the perimeter. If sure. To walk around. So he says. Um, I just veer slightly closer to the center where the the ground has been, you know, worn out a little bit more. So it's a bit more slippery. Well, I do have my combat boots. I don't know what he has. Uh, oh no, he doesn't have combat boots on. He has very very nice boots. I'm so sorry for him. Um, but they are absolutely made for the dance floor and not made for a field. Mm -hmm. So I just... Um, so you manoeuvre yourself into a position where the, the, it's a bit muddier here, where lots of people have already tramped. He doesn't notice. He comes up to you and he says, Ah, he says, Theodore, Sam. He says, I was wondering if I could ask you a question. I'm not a son, but you can walk with me if you want. Okay, yeah, he will walk with you for a, for a few moments. Are you trying anything or are you just, are you deliberately going through the slipperiest areas? I am walking, I, I, I just keep my path just through the mud. Sure. So he keep starts... Keeping an eye out. He basically, starts, it's not that I'm ignoring him. I'm, okay. He says, um, he says, is... Miyuki-chan, still well? Yes, yeah, she is. I was thinking, she looks well in a kimono with plum blossoms, wouldn't you agree? Depends on what she wants to wear, depending on the blossoms, depending on the mm, Of course, sometimes people have their opinions, but between us, a plum blossom kimono would suit her well. Would you not agree? Do I know if she has one? Um, already? you haven't seen her wearing one recently. Because she she already has tattoos of blossoms. Um, <clears throat> it might be the case. It says, depends on. The, the, the seamstress. I think you should get her one and that she should be wearing it when I take her back. Oh. I just very calmly. Yeah. 
stop and turn. Yeah. I look at him. Yeah. And I just laugh in his face. <laughs> you got me there for a second. Naoto. He, uh, he smiles at you. Um, although a bit like your laugh, there is little warmth in it, right? Yeah. Um, and he says, I think that would be for the best. And then I will be pleased. But why do I care about what pleases you? He says, because then maybe I will be nicer to her. And he looks like he's about to turn and go dismissive. You seem to be very confident on what you're saying, Naoto-san. Should I remind you that she is my cool now? He says, oh, for now. But as you are aware, property often changes hands unexpectedly. Absolutely. The thing is to have hands to receive it back. And I do. I was going to say, we're on... Town. Okay, so social combat. Yay! Well lit is the place. Um, so the central area is well lit. Great. Shadow cast underneath him. Okay, great. I want him to just rouse the blood so he can pee his pants. Sure. He is also social combating you. He is not trying to intimidate you, though. Nope. He is just trying to smarm you to death. Yeah. So, um, you shadow cast upon him. I like mm -hmm. that now. <laughs> Fuck him up, Fuck him up. Fuck each other up. <laughs> Over to you. Let me see. He is hungry. Make oh, yeah. No, I've pre-rolled. Yeah. So, um, I assume you're rousing. I am. Yes. But first, uh, what attribute should I make this with? Um, I think you can make it with Resolve. Okay. No, it's okay. It's, it's, going, it's going okay. But resolve, that's one extra time. Um, and what's the rest? Intimidation, right? Yes. And rouse in the blood. Yes. Okay. My hunger. Yeah, your hunger should definitely be in there. Oh, yes, it is. There. I mean... It is only seven successes critical win. Jesus! Right. Okay. So. Uh, I wanted to roll it like part by part, but the first two dice were too tense. <laughs> it was like, so, with her, it's like. So as you are, uh, so I should say it is shadowy here. So it's not even that it will be seen easily. It's just that the darkness around him becomes colder in the shape of your shadow. Mm -hmm. And you think he feels it. You think he does. It's hard to tell because his smile just seems to grow more annoying and more smarmy and kind of... Can you make a composure and intelligence for me? This is after my role, right? Yes, yeah, separate to your role. It's, it's to affect his pull. It's not to do with hunger. It would have been before your roll, effectively. So your oh. hunger won't apply. Old hunger still applies Old for this. Hunger. Yeah, because yeah. I have to roll for my yeah. for rousing and yeah. cast and yeah. all that. Yeah. So composure and uh, intelligence. That is one, two, four, three. I should I, I'm gonna willpower this. Okay. Four, five, six, seven successes, critical win. Okay. Oh 
So, oh, sorry, and you get you get an extra two dice for this roll. Seven successes. And then I'll explain what happens, and then you'll see why. Eight, nine. Sure. What happens is this: he smiles at you, and it's like that horrible smarmy thing that he can do but also he's there's this horrible thing with him sometimes that you you know it's almost like he's just trying to grin at you and to the point that you lose your shit however you also realize that he is using presence oh, okay however however yes however that extra kind of glow of his smile does not touch you it's only just pure nawato that touches you which is bad enough however without his presence on top it is not enough to beat your Horrible shadow intimidation. <laughs> so, which is whatever, whatever would be the margin. Yeah. Half rounded up plus two. Yes. So. Superficial willpower damage. So his smile stays on, but you see it is a brittle smile, and you see that he knows that he's gone, and he goes, he just goes to leave, but he tries to do it in a kind of dramatic way, and of course slips on the mud. Yeah, I, I catch him. Okay. By the by the arm and the chest. Okay. Sit him like put him straight and fix his tie because I just messed it. Yeah. You're not the only one who can travel Naruto. Some of us get to live. Others just get dead. He off you go. He says something, but it's so quietly murmured, you don't really catch it. Yeah, yeah. And then he kind of slip slides his way away from you. And I dismiss him in, a, in how you would dismiss a child in Japan. I've given him an additional willpower damage. Thank you. Just because. Yeah. Uh. So it's like, like, I see, when, you fin when I finish that. Okay. Come on, sure. It's like, just off you go. As a child. And I just turn and I start walking around. But if I see Velvet... I need to know if Miyuki's okay. Sure. So you part company. Joanne. Um, whilst all of this is going on, of course, there are many elder vampires who are being forced to wait for anything interesting to happen. Uh, and so you will be told, well, in fact, the Herald will say, you should approach the judges and see if they want any refreshment at this stage. Let us make sure they're being well taken care of. I should do that right now. All right. So you go, you have to actually go up some wooden steps uh, up onto the, the judge's platform. Um, so there are three very old vampires. One of them is, Amargo is almost like a statue. He doesn't even look in your direction. But nevertheless, you have this horrible sense that he knows you're there and it's not very pleasant. Um, Sir William, though, will look in your direction in a kind of respectful manner. You, you bow. Um, and plucky Jake uh, just grins at you. And it's obviously, it's kind of unpleasant, but it, you th maybe he's grinning at you nicely. Maybe he's not. Um, and Sir William will say, yes. Oh, I have just been asked to ask you if you require anything, any refreshments or anything I can do for you. Uh, Sir William will say, yes. Uh, Tell Rupert I'll have my usual. Of course. Um, Amargo doesn't respond to you. And um, Plucky Jake says, uh, What's this? <laughs> You're a Toreador? 
Yes. He says, thought those were uh, extinct in Oxford. So William says, no, not at all. He says, um, I'd be happy to tell you more about the, the history of Clan Toreador, but uh, would you require any refreshments? Uh, Plucky Jake says, no, thanks. Oh, you will note, by the way, next to Plucky Jake is a pile of bricks. By the way, just thought I'd mention it. Um, which doesn't seem to be anything to do with the structure yeah. of the, the place that you're there. So I just assume it's something he's brought with him? Yeah, yeah. So you bow and you go to get drinks. So there is this tented area that Rupert looks after. Um, as you're making your way there, however, um, Amanda will happen to be just moving across at the same time. She unfortunately has got some mud on her dress already, um, but she's doing her best to kind of lift it as she moves. Um, and as you um, are making your way, she'll say reasonably loudly, she says, ah, she says, Prince Helena requires refreshment. I shall make sure she gets some post-haste. Thank you very much, miss. And then she goes back. So assumedly you go to Rupert, who will um, effectively take your order. Rupert is very smartly oh, dressed. grim. <laughs> and he will then slip away into the tent. I assume you're not using heightened senses. Excellent. Uh, you don't know what goes on in there. He comes out a little while after with a very nice looking goblet, which of course has blood in it. Um, and it will feel warm when yep. you take it. He says, um, do take it quickly. It's always best fresh. Yep. Take it back to Sir Which you do. And, and he has that. Um, are you attempting to go to see... Uh, at what point are you going to Prince Helena? Are you waiting for a bit or are you going now? Um, I'll wait to see if I'm like if there's anything else requested of me while I'm at the judge's podium. And if not, I'll just slowly take my leave. Sure. So you get a point that the judges seem happy. They are now actually in the business of drawing the lots. Or oh, sorry, of, of um, preparing to do so. So when their attention's off me and has been for a few seconds, I just bow and take my leave. Sure. Um, so you go towards Prince uh, Helena's thing. She seems to be in conversation with someone else. And while she's waiting, um, Amanda happens to be there and she will say um, she'll lower her voices how are you darling oh my god this is fucking awful she nods she says yes believe me we are not exactly welcome she flicks her eyes in the Oxfordshire general direction she says do you remember the subject of our last phone conversation yes she says given your position we would like it very much if you could see if you can get close enough to your prince. See where those injuries are exactly. It could be, it could mean everything if you can give us an advantage. I'll do what I can. The Herald seems to have me under a very close eye right now, but... Yes, don't put yourself in danger, but... Time is running out. Kind of shuffle a little bit to kind of show how uncomfortable I am in this suit. Yeah, you do like, oh, feel sorry for me. And she will, um, <laughs> she looks like she's about to make some adjustment and then she forces herself not to do it. <laughs> and says, um, well, good luck, darling. You too. And we'll break away. All right. So meanwhile, back in the tent with Jeffrey, you're holding Jeffrey together just about when um, somebody steps into your tent. It is Sir Rafe. 
Bow. He says, I trust you're ready for what is to come. As ready as we will ever be, so. Jeffrey uh, says, yes, we're absolutely ready. I'm glad to hear it. Now, to make sure things go smoothly, because they must go smoothly, we have to win this year. I take it you both appreciate that. Yes. There is a great deal of honour at stake. He says, Jeffrey, I understand from Sir Holder that you will be competing in the joust. And uh, he says, yes, yes, I will. He says, then you will ride upon my horse, Constance. He says, I'll have a saddle and ready for you for the event. He says, oh, thank you so much. That's very kind. He says, he looks Jeffrey up and down and he looks you up and down. He says, you look like you need a bit of fortification, a little bit of something to give you some pep before the event. He says, Jeffrey, come forward. And he will take a knife and he will make a, a cut and he will hold out his hand to Jeffrey and Jeffrey will drink his blood. And Jeffrey does look a little bit better after it. And he says, yes, there's a little edge is always useful in a competition like this. He says, what about you, Silas? He says, would you like to have a little edge? I understand you're going first. I believe I have been given a slight edge previously, but thank you for the offer. He nods. I respect that. Should you win, I'll remember your courage. And if you lose, I'll remember it differently. Yes, sir. And then he turns and leaves. Jeffrey says, are you sure we can do this, Silas? Jeffrey, we've got this. Yes. Yes. He says, I do. I do feel a little better, actually. <clears throat> and you see him concentrating, sort of gathering himself for Stronger. the. Stronger, Jeffrey? Yes, I think so. He doesn't look stronger. He's not standing any straighter. He's still a sort of pale, skinny looking kid. But nevertheless, um, he maybe looks a little less shaken than he was before. So, there is the draw for the melee that is to occur. Um, and Liam will come out to announce it. Um, the first draw for the, for the melee contest is that the, the lots are drawn effectively by uh, Amargo. And Liam will say, <coughs> the first bout will be Oxfordshire versus Cambridgeshire. Representing Oxfordshire will be Silas Shaw of the line of the Black Douglas. Representing Cambridgeshire will be Ashley Roach of Clan Torridor. So, it's your moment, Silas. Assumedly, you make your way out. Before I, I turn to Jeffrey, hold out hand. Yeah, he will shake I it. I grasp his arm. <coughs> yeah. 
We got this. I do I do my part. Oh, we can't you to yours. We've got this. He says, best of luck, Silas. Rip off his arms. <laughs> Intending fucking more than that. I turn activate presence as I go. Okay. Ooh. What kind of presence are you activating? Uh, uh, or. Okay. So you step out, looking slightly more impressive. Mm. And you feel, there's always that difference you feel, you know, when you step out. Um, you are unaffected by any presence <clears throat> at the moment because you're riding off your anti-presence crit win. You're, you're primed. Unless someone with really disgusting presence comes and hits you, you're going to be okay. So a man comes out from the Cambridgeshire tent. He too comes out with a certain amount of vavavoom, shall we say. Um, he is... Where Silas comes out wearing armour with a helmet, he comes out wearing only a pair of leather trousers and boots. Um, he is... Um, Quite a lean but muscled looking man. Somewhere in his mid-twenties. He has um, tattoos of like twisting vines that move across his like torso and back. And of course, as he, as his body kind of twists as he's walking, they seem to move almost of their own accord. Um, he has very long black hair and he is attractive. And he... Um, is there anything you're doing, Silas? The two of you are kind of currently moving out. Um, I, I'm going to activate both of my of the uh, potent powers. So sure. And I don't get hungry. You feel the strength. So not only are you feeling at your best that you're projecting your power outwards, but also you feel that strength surging through your body. You feel ready. You know this. Toreador, you're going to rip him in two, some part of you feels, right? Um, yeah. Anything else you're activating or doing? Uh, I'm get, uh, as, as, once I get in front, in front of the judges, uh, I will, I'll turn sort of and, go and kneel. Okay, you kneel in front of the judges. Very special bow. Yep. And, uh, so as you're kneeling and bowing, Ashley kind of turns, like, bows to the judges and then says, who wants to see a little blood? <laughs> and various people from the, um, the Cambridgeshire side, but also from a few other places, will cheer. And he says, he says, come, come, kindred of the four domains. Do you not want to see a little bloodshed? And then there's kind of more of a, a reaction or a roar from the crowd. He begins to try and work them up. Silas, you are aware that he's trying to draw the crowd's attention and use it against you. Are you going to try and do anything about this? Am I aware that, uh, would I be aware that the rules of contest means that uh, it's game time or is it uh, we're waiting for a signal? Um. You think the judges have not yet said to go, so this is an acceptable time to try and like dick wave before things kick <laughs> off. Um, or if you want to, you can remain solemn or what have you, but you are aware that he is trying to work something up, trying to get the crowd on his side. It's up to you how Silas wants to deal with this. I'll, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, t I'll take a, uh, a, a wooden. Uh, it's just a bit, just a bit of wood that I'll picked up previously. Mm -hmm. 
Yes, there would be blood. Crack. Can you crack the wood? Yours. Nice. I would like... It's your choice, but he is trying to perform to the crowd. Would you like to make this a perform to the crowd, or would you like to make this a straight intimidate? Um, you can strength intimidate Ashley, or you can try and performance um, instead, if you prefer. I will try performance. <laughs> sure. <laughs> so let's say it's going to be uh, charisma and performance in this no. instance. Performance. Uh, add presence. You can add your presence, yeah. You can bet your ass he is. Yes. Um, I want to get my status. No, because it's not going to be. It's, it's status in Oxfordshire, and he has the same. So. How about his looks? Yep. Your looks do apply, yeah. This is one motherfucker. <laughs> Are you rousing? Fuck yes. I am shaking like a fucking leaf here. <laughs> Obviously, if your willpower track is full and you want to, you can take aggravated to spend, but you may not wish to do it. The points is your call. However, you might end up taking willpower damage depending on how this goes. I know. Why are you taking all the good rolls? <laughs> uh. What do you want to do? I got one aggravated. Okay, so you. You dig deep. You're feeling shaken and a bit strange after that previous talk. Six. Six successes. And I go hungry. And you go hungry. I do not go hungry. Oh, don't go hungry. Okay. So you make this attempt, and it's good. It's good, but you feel like you've come in a touch late. And he's kind of got that momentum going with him. And he just seems like this is his element. He seems relaxed. He's having fun. Um, you know, of course, that he was in his mortal life a drummer uh, and a performer of some kind of thing. And he just seems pumped, like he loves this energy. So you'll take an additional point of aggravated damage. But it's just one. Yeah, just one. Oh, I'm on two aggravated willpower damage. So. You better get lighting. Yeah, get that. No shit. <laughs> so he's partway through this thing. Um, and the crowd are getting louder and louder when you will see something weird. From the judges' area, a brick flies through the air and lands just a few inches away from where Ashley is about to step. And he kind of comes up short. And um, you hear Plucky Jake say, Cut out that shit. Get on with the fighting. And I grab sword, <laughs> uh, soaring leap straight to him and swing. Okay. He said, Go. I'm going. Okay, well, all right. I will give you... <laughs> I'll give that... To, I will give you... Um, unf he's not going to be static difficulty one. Shame. Um, because he reacts preternaturally fast as you start leaping towards him. Nevertheless, um, I will give you a bonus of three dice because he is not expecting your attack. Uh, back from that... Um... Fuck it, I'll rouse. You got this. <clears throat> um, he will not rouse because he just does not even. Um, he's not trying to avoid you, however. As you're coming, um, I should. I mean, although he's not wearing much clothes, he is carrying a saber, which um, he's already got in his hand, which he will come up to try. And as you're coming down on him, what weapon is Silas using? He's using a sword. He's using a sword. He's using so a sword. you leap through the air. You sail, kicking out mud behind he you. Conans his way through. Yes. You sail through the air, sword in your hands, coming down on Ashley. As Ashley is like, I mean, 
you see that moment where he's looking at the brick, he's looking up towards <laughs> the, and then like this weird shadow in the corner of his eye. Oh, he's gonna willpower that. Yeah, fuck it. I need to do this. So you sail through the air. Shit. Uh, that'd be seven. Add the potents to for ten successes. So, so hang on, you don't add the potents to your successes, but if oh. you win the contest, okay. you add it. You add that. half your potents to your weapon damage. All right. Yeah. So that's seven successes. So seven successes. You beat him by a margin of four. Four. So uh, the damage is four is plus. You are using what? Uh, uh, I'm using, using the sword, which is a which is a plus three of the damage. Yeah. What sword are you using? The uh, same sword that Finn gave me. The bronze sword. So it's a plus three. Plus two. It's not. Is it two-handed sword? Yeah, yeah. It's a plus four. It's a plus four. It's a claymore. So that's eight plus half your potence to nine. That's the damage he gains. So nine. It's then mitigated does by it, does whatever. Does the potence go up or down? Because it got three potence. Uh, it's. That's a great question, but I think it's rounded down. Okay. I believe. Down. Yep. So sorry. What was your final damage? So it's the. Nine. So nine, but halved. Four point five. Yeah, but it will be rounded up to five. Five health. Okay, so what happens is that was a bad roll. Yeah, <laughs> that, that was he, a lousy roll. He had three extra dice, though. To be fair, so yeah, as he, yeah, he got fuck all, man. He, he, he as, you, got zero. as you as you, so you sail in, he brings the blade up, but it barely makes any kind of lack of momentum. You you strike him. If he was a normal man, he would be dead. However, because he is able to move so fast, he merely takes a grievous wound across the length of his body and goes staggering backwards through the mud. Sadly, he does not have perfect balance. So he does not perfectly take his balance. He is slightly off balance, but he's, he recovers very quickly. Um, and he gives a kind of a snarl. You get hungry? Um, so we move into the... Oh, yes. Okay. As he's kind of recovering, you will also see that wound starting immediately to heal slightly. All right. So, without any further ado, without any kind of, you know, we often hear about the grace of the Toreador. He basically rushes in and just tries to beat you very fast, repeatedly over the head with his saber. Yep. Um, um, it is, the, I mean, they're train strikes for sure. He obviously knows what he's doing, but it feel, you feel more weirdly like a drum that he is trying to beat in submission than you do a combatant. What is Silas's approach? Uh, Silas is gonna use, use, his, uh, use his knowledge of swords and yeah, just try to fuck this guy right up. Okay, so he, okay, so you, you re-engage. Yep, I will rouse again. Sure. And minus him those three dice. Are you fucking serious? Oh my God. Are the dice against you, Silas? Yeah, they. They do seem to be. Dice are against me, I'm gonna have to have a that. Destroyed. Remember, if you run out of willpower, yeah. you will be pretty. It will be catastrophic for Silas to have a willpower break here in the uh, in the game. Right. What'd you get? Five. Okay, so you will take. Um, I go I go so you will basically take um, four superficial half to two. Yep. Um, so there is a exchange of you swinging your blade, trying to basically remove parts of his body as he jumps about very rapidly and swings out. He only gets you with light cuts, but he gets you with several light cuts that kind of accumulate to that damage. Um, 
You can obviously rouse the heal should you wish. Okay. So you'll be witnessing this fight playing out before you. The Herald says, this is going a little longer than expected. Yep. Under his breath. Yep. So yeah, I've, 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 <laughs> I just healed that and did not go hungry from that. Sure. That's more like it. As, 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 like, uh, maybe like a few seconds after the Herald says that, I, said, I think Silas is just toying with him. The Herald smells says, ah, of course. Yeah, that is great to say it right here because I think you got like a crit win. And so tell me, tell me what you got, Silas. I with a happy crit. Okay, so that is enough. I go hungry. So you beat him by a margin of one. Plus, plus four, four plus four. one. So that's six. Six. Okay. So six half to three. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um... You will, um, you strike him, um, oh yeah, that's, yeah. and <laughs> again, there's a flurry of blows, but this time he's not able to land much on you, nothing serious, a few things glance off your armour, you feel like you're getting the measure of him now a little bit more, and this time you're able to strike him, not with a kind of a brutal blow before, but nevertheless a solid strike, and he looks shaken. And a bit alarmed. Um, and he kind of stumbles backwards a little bit. I'm going to be uh, dropping ore and putting up Daunt. Okay. You drop ore and you put up Daunt. And are you doing anything else around that? As in, are you, are you switching this into a social combat? Or are you just doing that to try and stop him coming close? I'm doing that as I'm, as I'm going to him. Sure. There is something about Silas which shifts from that, okay, we're here to fight, to that, okay, we're here to fight. And I'm kill you. you move in again. I'm just going to make a quick check to see if he can actually... Yes, he has found it within himself to try and kill you. So now um, you go at it again. Oh, wow. Spend a willpower. This feels, by the way, for the observers, like this is it now. They're going for it. There's, there's a kind of a sense of... Some of that play has ended, and they both move forward, weapon swinging. Six successes. Okay. As that moment comes up, yeah, I'm going to use heightened senses and look at the prince. What Drogo? To see if I can. Sure. Can you make a um, let's say wits and aware? Um, I don't think you're close enough to do it medicinally. So I'm going to say wits and awareness. You can add your specs die. Obviously, you get a bonus die for blood potency. From this distance, even with heightened senses, difficulty's not great. As in, it's hard. <laughs> Silas, sorry, tell me again what you got. Six. Six. You both go in pretty hard with each other and trade some blows. You barely even feel them. Indeed, you're not feeling any of your impairments right now, which nope. is pretty great. Uh, he, on the other hand, does seem to feel it. There, there is a crunch. There is a crunch. And you realise it is not his... Sorry, it's not your bone, but his that breaks. Um, and he staggers back from your onslaught and says... And drops his sabre and says, Yield! I yield! Five successes on my 
Five successes. On my... On your wits and awareness. Joanna's a hunch, but she'd need to get closer to confirm it, but I'll give you a bonus on the next roll, providing you get close to the Drogo. Cool. All right, so you... Yeah, he says yield. Do you press the attack? I, uh, I, uh, I draw it back, wait for... Single. And you both look up to the judges. Liam, who is nearby, will say, What say you? And um, so William says, An arm, I think. Amargo nods. Pucky Jake says, Head. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, and Liam will say, Yeah, the judges have spoken. You can take his arm. You can choose which one. I'm going to walk up to him, drop Daunt. You drop Daunt. Mm -hmm. Now then, one thing. He's right-handed as far as you can see. Mm -hmm. So you can choose to take his left or his right arm. You drop Daunt. He, um, he stands there. You can see him preparing himself mentally. Some of the smaller wounds that you have dealt him are already receding. Yeah. However, you think you can see one wound which is more significant, this last one, wherever the bone was, which is not healing properly. Yeah. I'm going to look at me and go, you fought well, please raise your right arm. Okay, so he nods in that kind of shit kind of way. And he extends his right arm. I've almost certainly done the camera. Apologies. For yep. Yeah. <laughs> and. and yeah. I'll, 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 I'll raise, raise the sword. Raise, raise, sword? Uh, I, the dice is screwing. You raise the sword. Raise, raise the sword. Uh, give a salute to the judges. Yep. A salute to him. And then sever the arm. Okay. You sever the arm. Uh, high arm. Yeah. You cut the arm off in a single practiced strike yeah. um, and he obviously kind of grits his teeth moans through the the pain of it um, and then we'll also turn to the judges um, we'll clamp a hand over there well of course the, there's not blood pumping out of the wound because he's a vampire um, but there is still never the blood that stains his fingers and he will bow um, I'll pick up the arm I'll offer it to him when you do that, um, the crowd, so, sorry, Plucky Jake laughs his ass off <laughs> and many of the, um, and the, a lot of the knights also think this is fucking hilarious. They laugh. That is the most amazing social combat like the, that you never intended that I have seen. Um, like, unintended social you, destruction realize that all of the knights well you know i mean not counting and your attention is on what you're doing but you have that sense of like everybody that you think is important <laughs> in the world has just gone yay um and as such you recover one aggravated willpower <gasps> Fuck! <laughs> um you think something in an opposite end of the scale has just happened to ashley who takes the arm as if it was a knife through the heart and he that poor motherfucker. His eyes narrow, but he takes it nonetheless and then respectfully 
there's this odd moment where he pauses because now he's got his saber on the floor and he's got his hand in his hand but in the end he decides to leave the saber there and he turns and he walks off um and you leave the field to cheers when you return to your tent a gould servant of cambridgeshire will dash onto the field to collect the saber a brick narrowly misses him <laughs> and then he scurries off again yeah. so yeah, so, so I, I'll, 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 I'll return to the tent and just sort of back on the, on the back that be there Ooh. jeffrey's like well done oh my you were incredible oh that was that was amazing oh well done well done silas and we'll be making a big kind of yeah and i'll i'll try and use that to uh, to bump him up okay yeah like you can do it i can do it that kind of thing yeah i should say sir holder will also come in give you the nod and says well done silas keep it up and we'll then leave of course now that you're done liam will um say congratulations to oxfordshire that means the next boat is reading versus london representing reading will be Brona Hughes of Clan Bruya and representing London, Sophia of Clan Malkavian. Uh, you will know, of course, it's really Malkavians don't normally compete in these games. So that's a bit of a, a bit of an oddity. So two characters will step forward. I will, uh, with that announcement, I would have stepped out of the Yeah, you can watch. Yeah. Well, you and Jeffrey will have a little bench by your tent, which is just there for you to watch um, and enjoy things. So Holder, in fact, will probably be with you as well for this one uh, so let's see oh yes so from the london tent comes a pot-bellied man who's quite brawny looking um and has quite a thick beard that is um pretty wild uh, he looks to be in his late 30s like uh, the cambridgeshire contender he also is not wearing a top but he does not have a toned and muscular body in the same sense he just looks kind of brawny and hairy and a bit pot-bellied. Uh, 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 people who with reasonable observe, observation skills, well, all of you will notice there seems to be something strapped around his waist. It's a bit odd. People with acute observations, certainly Joanne, will realise it is an ice pack. Um, he is Caucasian, I should say. And... Um, <laughs> okay. From the Reading tent comes a uh, woman with pink spiky hair who is wearing kind of torn jeans that appear to be safety pinned together. Um, there is a sort of half-dead drug addict chic thing going on with her. She looks like really corpsey and like someone who like really abused their body at some point in the past. Um, there is also a nail, relatively long nail, going through her nose. Um, so, these two square off and... She, um, they also have a moment before the fight starts where the judges haven't said go. Um, she squares off in a pretty threatening manner. Silas, you will know what this kind of threatening manner is. Um, it's the kind of manner you used recently. There is something about her that just basically says, fuck off, I'm going to kill you. She's carrying a chain, by the way, I should add. Um, the Malkavian is not carrying any weapons, you can see. And, um, but he has an ice pack. He does have an ice pack strapped to his, his side, yeah. Um, 
And so she, she basically does a bit of posturing with the chain and makes like a motion almost like it might be wrapped around his neck. And he laughs and then leans in and looks her in the eye and says something. Is anyone trying to read his lips or tell what he's saying? Sure, why not? I, I, I'm, I'm... You're actually quite close, Silas, so you don't need to roll. He says, piss blood. There is a moment where their eyes lock and you see her concentrate but then she seems to get the better of it. And then she says, you will fucking die for that. <laughs> and then they um, move to their places. And Sir William says, you may begin. So a fight ensues. It's a not particularly elegant fight. The last two combatants, though they were fighting fiercely, were clearly trained people using, sometimes adapted in the case of um, Ashley, but you know, practice sword moves these two she's just trying to brain him with this chain <laughs> in a really violent manner and he's just trying to punch her in the face essentially um they both hurt, seem to just smack at each other for a while it's hard to tell who's winning at first um and then there is a point where sophia the malkavian just somehow manages just sort of gives up at some point just throws himself bodily onto Broner and they both go down in a heap. He comes out on top and just starts punching her relentlessly for quite a long time. Like it's quite impressive how long he's punching her, but eventually she yields. Um, and the, when it goes, it, it goes to the judges. I should say when she yields, she raises her palms. Um, you will see Silas because you're close enough. Um, and if you want to use heightened senses, you can see. Tattooed on her palms are middle fingers raised. Um, but she yields. And Sir William says, an arm, I think. And Amargo nods. And before Plucky Jake can speak, he says, and that is two to one. <laughs> 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 and there. Uh, Plucky Jake looks most uh, uh, like put out and makes a show of like adjusting his wig and shit like that. So um, that concludes. So Liam will then come out um, and says, congratulations to London. That concludes the first bouts. Says next will be the joust. And they will start, lots of little ghouls start running around preparing everything for the and joust. As, as Liam kind of walks off, I will... Turn to, turn to the Herald and Prince Drogue and go, and with that round over, would either of you two like refreshments, considering you have been providing for everyone? Um, the Herald is, seems to be considering this. Um, as you are, as you are saying that, Drogo looks up at you, because he's been very much like his normal position. And he says, um, I have heard you, you know. Have you come back for me? Is it time? I'm not sure, my prince. He says, I've often wondered if it would have been better if I'd gone with you. I think it'd be better if you remained... Here for everyone, my prince. Bow slightly. 
he says, every time he pauses, it looks like the Herald's going to come in, but then he says something and the Herald stops again. <laughs> You've rarely seen the peril that quite so pained as he is. Heightened senses, I want to look at him. Drogo. Okay. So you begin to stare. Yeah, you're, you're moving closer. As you move closer, he leans forward slightly and he says... No, I, I think I should have gone. What is Oxfordshire without you, anyway? A realm of prosperity and honour, presided over by the prince. You really think so? Of course. Do you forgive me, then? Absolutely. He opens his arms. What are you doing? Yeah. Okay, <laughs> so you step forward yeah. and Drogo embraces you and you realise suddenly in a moment of insight that this position that he holds is actually one of an embrace. One of his hands comes up behind your head, the other across your back, and he draws you terrifyingly close. Drogo does not smell awesome, I should say. Especially not with heightened senses. Oh! Um, <laughs> oh. And... It also feels weird, as in, it's not just like a quick British-style hugging-out scenario. He draws you to him and he clasps you close like a lover. You feel his large fangs touch against your neck. And you hear, although you don't think he's using Blush of Life, you hear what might be the ghost of a sigh rattle in his throat. Nevertheless, as you are coming in close, you get the information you need, and I'll tell you after the scene. Are you, how are you embracing him? Match what he did, but mirrored. Okay. Are you resting your fangs? Oh, you don't have them, I remember now. Are you, rest, are you resting any of your teeth against his neck? No, but as I kind of come in, I won't put my hand on like his head. It'll be sort of parallel with his shoulder. I'll just w lean in, whisper and say, you are forgiven. Okay. Can you make a manipulation and subterfuge roll for me? Browse will power. Throw a Pokemon, whatever. <laughs> I mean, she has three successes. She could re roll. Her hunger die is marking 10. So I mean, you're the player. What would you like to do? So, how many successes have you got? Three. Are you willpowering it? Or have you already willpowered? No, no. There is only one die to willpower. So are you willpowering that dice? Or are you just going to stick with your three successes? Oh, fuck. <laughs> I mean, surely you've got loads of willpower, right? Not like your silence, I mean. <laughs> I mean, there's 50% chance nothing happens. I'm keeping it. Okay. So I three successes. Yeah. Would you like to succeed at a cost? Yes. Okay. What's the cost? The cost is that in the process of doing this, he will hold you so close um, that his teeth 
will yes. punch your yeah. shoulder yeah. and deal your point of aggravated damage. Yeah. Fine. I will succeed at that cost. That's fine. Okay. Throw aggravated damage your way. Um. He says. He he seems he'll. It's also I should say part of that damage is that he squeezes you very tight when you say like you're forgiven, and um. He says. In your ear. He says, I never stopped loving you, you know. And then he releases you. And the Herald says, The Herald just kind of grabs your arm and says, Well, good, come this way, Joanne. <laughs> <laughs> As you are taken away with the Herald, you know from the embrace and the way he moved, he was moving awkwardly on one side. He has some kind of serious wound in his left side that is hampering the movement of his body slightly. And as a surgeon, you know exactly the kind of movements that that will hamper. And that seems to me pretty stonking time to take a break. There's quite a lot to fit in though, so we're gonna make it relatively brief. Um, I'm going to start us off though by talking about this super awesome giveaway. Woo! So the Herald's coin, as you may or may not know, is up for grabs. It has got the wonderful crest made by Alicia that we think is the best thing ever, or at least I do, and also has the oath, well the Chronicle Tenets part of the oath, engraved upon the coin. Um, if you support us on Patreon or Twitch, you are already in with a chance to win. If you would like a chance to win, you don't support us, now is the time. We'll be doing a draw in episode 10 at the interval. And with that, I'm going to hand over to my players and frantically roll dice. Relationship map time. Relationship map. So, update from last week was um, we added Liz Grayson, so that's Silas's stalker. Poor Liz, who's whatever's happened to her mind now, who even knows? Yes. Um, and her freedom. And her freedom uh, in the custody of the authorities. Um, I marked Denton up as dead, because that was a thing that happened. Yeah, Denton. And, uh, yep, and then I added Alex Herald, who was uh, Velvet's touchstone. And I added Noah Breslau, uh, is Joanne's touchstone. Noah was named by L. And then I added uh, the major boon, which exists between Sir Enolf and Alistair, which Alistair offered to Joanne if she's successful in her endeavours. Mm -hmm. uh, and that is the relationship map. Uh, we also had from the blog post yesterday fan art from Sir Gansuk. Uh, oh, yeah. 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 From Mitch. Yes. Mitch. So that will go up next go week. Go and check it out, and it will go up next week. Together with a gazillion of new characters from today. Yeah. Hmm. What's that? <laughs> Do we have any other shout outs before no. we step into the into questions? I have time? hello to Manuk. Hello. Hi, Manu. Hi, Manuk. Moving on. Mitch. Do you have any doubt of fucking checking after that? Do we have any like questions? Leave. So, we have a question which is um, What Hogwarts house are you? And what Hogwarts house do you think your character is? Okay, I can answer this question both straight off. I myself am a Hufflepuff. Yeah. And Silas. Is pretty definitely a Gryffindor, I would say. Uh, I'm Slytherin, Velvet Slytherin. I don't <coughs> like to answer, I do not like the series. 
I was told by someone who was a very big fan of the things that I might be Ravenclaw, Ravenclaw yeah. or sense. something like that. Yeah. It's not that I have read the books or. Uh, Theodore most likely will be one of the head teachers. <laughs> so fuck houses, I'm all of them. Uh, if he has to be any house, he would probably be uh, the one. For, no, he would the one be for the dark arts. The, the, the one, the teacher yeah. for the protection <laughs> yeah. against the dark arts, and probably a Gryffindor. Just, just, just as a Gryffindor, the the, the Slytherin head, the sort of art of phrase. Next question. Oh wait, Peter. What? What? Peter. Peter is busy. Oh shit! Because I was going to ask him to to say what Harry Potter house the every character, (laughs) (laughs) every SPC, every. That is why he's busy. Yeah. (laughs) Next question. Um, Titus says hello. Hey, Hey, hi, Titus. I'm so glad you're in chat for Plucky Jay, because oh my god! I mean, Plucky Jay with a wig going sideways. Yes! The feels, Um, man. Yes. And Elfanes wants to know uh, who, which contestant is people's favorite of these scenes so far. Which Mm. game is contestant? Punk girl, come on! (laughs) Malkavian. Malkavian, potbelly, crazy, ice pack, Piece of shit. (laughs) I mean, I'm going Silas. So I I have to abstain from this vote because I am biased. No, I'm not going to affect the outcome just so you know. I'm I'm really, really scared about. (laughs) I'm really scared. The the Malkavian really scares me. No shit. (laughs) All Malkavians should scare people. Yeah, but this one in particular because he's a Malkavian who can brawl. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I think it's worth saying that a lot of the contestants in the games were made by patrons and Twitch. Yeah, so, yeah, sorry, I should say, yes, that the, the contestants from the other domains are from our patrons. Yay. So they created the contestants. That's awesome. So they may sometimes want, obviously, the players to lose. <laughs> but, you know, don't take it personally, yeah, Phil. So, uh, so who have made Ashley? Great character. I'm sorry I gave you your arm back. Not really. Um, thanks, thanks to whomever created Zephyr. He made me laugh. He has an ice pack. I mean... <laughs> okay, that's pretty much, that's pretty much it. Good. Are we, are we good? I think I'm, I think I'm ready to go on. So my, my plan instead is to finish the games in this session and ideally before tomorrow morning. So that's going to be the plan and we'll go from there. All right, so we've resolved the melee contest, and obviously Joanna's just had a um, her moment with Prince Drogo. Yeah, uh, apparently I fucking did. <laughs> so, what the also, fuck? Also, also, now you know he didn't kill him. So the now you know for sure. Now I know for sure he diaphorized him. The um. Fucking hell is. <laughs> oh yes, for those of you playing the home <laughs> game, that's the third time that yeah, uh, Dole Joanne. Does table diving. <laughs> so, um, the the draws for the joust will take place. This time drawn by um, Sir William. And 
Ah, uh, yes. So the first draw, Liam will say... Um, in the joust, the first contest will be London versus Reading. Jeffrey. Ben Bays of the Giovanni versus Kate of Clan Gangrel. Which will mean the second bout will be Cambridgeshire versus Oxfordshire. For Cambridgeshire, Moose of Clan Nosferatu. And for Oxfordshire, Jeffrey Fletcher of the line of Enel von Bassenheim. So the first bout is going to be London versus Reading. So you will see a, a man wearing kind of loose linens, white shirts, black trousers, with quite an impressive, slightly curled moustache, who is bald um, and looks quite kind of anemic and skinny and somewhere in his mid-twenties, will go out and mount a horse. A horse that is also anemic and skinny looking, slightly strange. And you will then see um, a young woman, um, an Indian woman, looks to be in her mid-twenties in like proper riding gear with like a riding crop and everything else uh, with a hair neatly tied back in a bun. He will get on quite a nice, actually relatively healthy looking horse. Both of them will be provided with lances and will line up and they will salute the judges to wait for their turn and they will be given the signal to go. I assume obviously you're watching all of this, Silas, and so is Jeffrey with some interest. And I'll, I'll, I'll be quietly the entire time giving you trailer compliments, no building. You're trying to build yeah, Jeffrey up. Yeah, so the, um, the horses start to go. Theodore, you will note, and probably you, Silas, also will note, that as they're going... Ben, the, the Giovanni, begins to lean out in a slightly odd way, and it looks like he's it looks like he's making himself slightly less steady on his horse, but he looks like he is lining up his lance very directly with where you would imagine Kate's heart to be. It's a risky maneuver, but you reckon if he pulls it off, yeah, yeah. she's done. I mean she is just right. leaning very far forward, looking very keen and very eager indeed. She looks like she is an expert, a horsewoman. The thundering of the hooves builds and builds. And very, very rapidly, the, the, the final moment of contact is obviously very, very quick, so it's very hard to see. But uh, as, as, you kind of, as that moment happens, a second later, you see Kate riding off kind of continuously and Ben on the ground. So first round, slam dunk. There is applause. She does a little victory lap around the, um, the area. Um, and then looks to the judges. Um, and as they're about to speak, Plucky Jake says, arm! <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Sir William says, an arm, I think. And Amago will nod. William says, very well. And then Kate will get off. She will go over to Ben, who's still laying on his back. Um, she will take out a long knife, puts her foot on his chest, pulls up his arm, cuts it off. Um, she does not give him the arm back. She keeps it as some kind of odd trophy and walks away um, back towards her tent. 
So, Theodore and Velvet, you are assumedly around in the sure, Oxfordshire area. Patrolling. I mean, I'm probably in my car if I'm expecting to be called. No, no, you're, you're allowed to be here at the games. They will phone you if there's a problem. So you're allowed to be here and witness. I'm just going around. You're, you're, it would be odd for you not to be here at all. Right, no, I, I just meant I was sitting in the car at the games. Like, in case I have to leave. Yeah, but you'll have to be in. You're either in the audience area. There's no roads that near this field. You can't be in your car unless I'm misunderstanding. Not, you. I must have parked the car somewhere. Yeah, you I'm parked the car. That's far away. Yeah, I'm saying it is but not immediately. Then I'll be around cool. somewhere. Yeah. So you are both signalled by Sir Rafe. Now you approach him. He says. <coughs> so, he says, I am sure you are both aware how important it is that Oxfordshire win this competition. Yes, I am. And it is especially important for us as a clan is that Geoffrey <coughs> has every advantage in his joust. <coughs> Which begins shortly. And then he nods to you both and walks off. And I start... Eyeing the area to see where the horse is, where the horse rider is. Okay. Everything. So, because we effectively have been put in the very tough situation of having to sabotage Cam Cam Cambridgeshire guy. Yeah. I'm not doing that. I recently had a lecture on being honourable. Yeah. So what? Well, what do what do Theodore and Velvet say to each other? Because <laughs> you're you're left standing together. I'll say. What do you think that was all about? That was exactly what it sounded like. Well, it didn't sound like anything to me. It sounded like he wanted Jeffrey to win. Yeah. I guess he better hope Jeffrey's a decent horseman, right? He did say he wanted to give every opportunity, every advantage. He comes from our family. He's already had every opportunity. No, I'm talking every advantage, every little help, every little else. I don't... well... He's gonna, he's gonna joust in moments. Yeah, and then we're gonna see if he wins or not. Yeah, Sir Rafe would like to make sure that he does. I'm sure he would, but then if he really wants to guarantee victory, he should put somebody that's a decent horseman in the seat, right? And I believe Jeffrey is that person, so let's make sure that he is feeling great. Well? He's been training for years, you know that. Sure, I guess. Let's have a chat with uh, Jeffrey. And um, okay, so you're going to the Oxfordshire tent, mm -hmm. but I'm I am I am the Cambridge one because okay, it's the kind of stuff that you don't do with a lot of like I mean you've been asked by your lord you just go about it and try and, and sure. figure it out. Well, they at the moment their competitor has not left his tent, mm -hmm. um, but you will see his horse is being led out. It is the ugliest horse you have ever seen. Teeth are too big. They seem to point in different directions. It's got kind of weird patches on its skin. For all of that, though, it is big. It's a big horse. It's a really big. I mean, it's a terror. Horses are big, actually. Whenever you get close to them, it's like wow. They're but this is even by horse standards is a muscular, terrifying monster of a horse. Looks like the kind of horse that takes the other horse's lunch money. Kind of horse. <laughs> Um, it is a scary looking horse. Okay. Um, the people leading the horse out are being very deferent. 
Like they are, they're, they're worried about this horse. Oh, really? Good. Um, so you're, are you still going to Jeffrey's tent at this point? I'm just following him. Okay. No, no, I'm, I'm, you're just, go and check on, on Jeffrey. I'll be sure. right there with you. All right. And I keep looking at where the other horse is. Okay, so I should also add that um, Sir Rafe's horse, Constance, has been let out. Sir Rafe's horse is a beautiful brown mare, looks immaculately kept in peak condition, looks very impressive. And it is a horse that's made for war. I mean, it's not a, you know, it's an impressive horse, comes out anyway. So uh, I believe the stables are pretty much in the same area. So yeah, they're not far. So they've both been led out into the kind of games area. And in a moment, their riders will be coming out, but they haven't come out of their tents yet. Okay. What's the illumination on the area where the horses are? The horses are well lit because they've been led out into the actual gaming area. Um, the entrances of the tent are reasonably well lit, but only the entrances. The actual sides of the tents are not well lit. Yeah, I have to. And it's not like it's not like a game show. It's not like when you step out, you step straight out into the light. It's just that you don't. You only take a couple of steps, and then you come into the main lit area because the tents lead directly. In. I'm, I'm approaching that area because I wanna I wanna you know, pet Constance. Sure. But I wanna. So I should say the horses are not together. They are Somewhere. separate. Yeah. They're they're nearer their competitors' ends effectively. Oh, okay. Of because they get the fur joust. They're they're separate. Um, you've seen from the last bout, however, that the contestants come forward w before they get on their horses and they, you know, bow to the judges, have a moment, then they go get on their horses and then it all starts. What I want is for the, I don't know, the, cra the crazy horse. Yeah. He looks to be difficult to tame. Potentially, although he seems pretty calm. It's just everyone seems a bit nervous around him. He's not... He's not wildly kicking about. He just looks mean. As you, the more you look at the horse, you more, the more you realise this horse is preternaturally chill. Like it doesn't seem. It's not skittered by the crowds. There isn't someone looking after it right now. It's just standing there, kind of regarding. Like if you look at it for long enough, it will eventually look in your direction, and then look away again. Okay. And the rider is. They said Nosferatu, right? Yes, he's a Nosferatu called Moose. Yeah. Let's see what I can do. So where are you positioning yourself, Theodore? Right, in a place that I can project part, like a little line of my shadow to it. To project on the horse is very difficult where it is, unless you're going to somehow get it to move away from the central area. The horse it, is in the central the area? Set, the horse is already in a lit area. It's been led out yeah, to the lit area. There is a window of opportunity at the tent itself when Moose comes out, if you want to take that. Yes. Okay. So you kind of mosey your way in the direction of the tent. What's your approach or what's your plan? I want to make the horse uneasy and difficult to control. Okay. How? Okay. So how are you intending to do that? Oblivion. Yeah. I mean, as in the horse itself is in a well area, so it will be... Like hyper, you can do it, but it'd be actually, hyper dangerous actually, if you project your shadow across the well area in front no, of a actually, <laughs> four domains of kindred. The rider, the rider. Okay. The horse might be preternaturally chilled. Okay. But the rider 
if he has that, you know, when you get that, yeah. how do you call it? And, and, that uh, we get a bit tilted, a bit like, oh yeah. No, this, the 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 hairs in your yeah. back in your neck. Okay. Right before something important, throw off his balance, his mental balance. Okay. So your waiting by the tent is not that long before Moose will come out. Moose has kind of cauliflower ears. He's got a weird. So I should say he's um, he's Samoan. Um, he is huge. He's massive. Um, he looks a bit like Superman in terms of his build. Um, but his face is weird and kind of disfigured and it's got these puffy things all over it. He is by no means the ugliest Nosferatu you've seen. Okay. But he's nevertheless a very ugly human. Um, he is kind of working his mouth around some kind of gum shield as he steps out. Um, sorry, what did you say you're doing? Disconcerting him. Uh, an oblivion shadow where he steps out. And uh, I'm just part of the protocol, basically. So as he steps out, he steps out across your shadow, effectively. Um, I, if you want to, if you want to hurt him, like as in if you want to try and social combat him, you're going to have to do something, even if it's catch his eye or what have you. If you're just trying to give him a chill, you can do that just by leaving his shadow there. It's your call. No, I think I'm going to to just give him a a fear. So how are you going to give him? A, oh, as in you're just going to let him do that? Okay. Let me just give a... A scare. So he he does shiver when he steps out. There is something, you know, about what you do. You know, you're prepared. Most people haven't experienced this. It does seem to make him feel a bit ill at ease. What it will translate to is he will have a penalty on the first roll, effectively, that he makes. Um, and he walks out. That's towards that's his an edge. So, Velvet, you're going to the to the tent of Jeffrey where Jeffrey is so Silas are you coming out to watch this yes I'm so you, you will see Silas coming out towards the there's like a little bench in front of the tent yeah. where they can watch the, the entire time the same thing that the same thing that you do, do helping someone to audition you've been doing the same thing so you can hear Silas trying to encourage Jeffrey oh in which case I don't go in okay I mean I'm being asked to take an action which represents everything I despise about this domain sure so I if I if I think that's already being picked up then I'll just wait outside. I am going to give you a stain and say, cool. Okay. Because you were told effectively by a knight of your line yep. to do a thing. And you and, and I think it's absolutely fine for Velvet to say no. Yep. But that's just... If, do you have any... Uh, what's the word? <laughs> convictions. convictions. Nope. <laughs> awesome. Yep. So you... I'm also reeling from the fact that Theodore agrees with this. Yeah. So I just... I don't really know what to do with this. So you, you step away but you hold on to your own sense of what's right and wrong yep. in the process. Eventually I'll come back to the tent to see what's going on. So there is a point, by the time you're starting to head back over, Jeffrey will have gone out into the competition area. Um, you're assumedly sitting at the bench, Silas. So. How's Jeffrey looking? Uh, I'm sure he's fine. Silas was talking to him. Yeah, it, it, oh, brilliant. It, he, he looks like a little bit of a baby in that, in that chain, but He's, he's a better horseman than I am. Oh, every single little helps. Right. So, these, you see this weird thing of this giant guy going up towards this little boy in chainmail. And there is a moment where 
you can see Moose, you're particularly aware of this, Theodore, kind of like gearing himself up a bit as he's like, yeah, come on, you can do, you can do, he's like trying to pep himself. And then you see that they both come before the judges. Silas, can you get the crowd wilder? Much wilder. Presence. Jeffrey, 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 <laughs> Jeffrey. Um, I, I want to distract Moose from giving yeah. himself the pep talk that will. Yeah. Get him um, out of his... Okay. I'm so trying you... to strategically distract him. So, of course, the Oxfordshire lot will pick up the chant. Um, Plucky Jake will laugh his ass off and he says, Sure, why not? <laughs> and start saying Jeffrey. <laughs> and Margot says nothing. So, William, of course, will join in the chant. Yeah. Um, not in a kind of Jeffrey kind of way, but he will applaud. Oh, wait. Do I have to join in, don't I? I'll do that. You join in. Yeah. You join in as well. I mean, and I start, like, I start clapping, yeah. you know, like like an old man. I don't start. So, I don't. I don't yell. There is a point. If I've got, like I've got some sort of gauntlet on, I'll be. Just you start like. Oh, Sir Gansuk turns up to join your this gathering. Is not okay. He comes and stands next to you, Silas. Um, we should talk about another time. So, there is obviously a counter chant from um, the other side. Nevertheless, amidst all of this noise, you see um, the two of them kind of face each other briefly. Could be your imagination, but maybe Jeffrey gets a bit smaller or wilts somehow, something. But there is, we're just, I mean, he doesn't have oblivion, but he does have a shadow that kind of like falls over <laughs> Jeffrey. Um, and then they turn to the judges and bow, and then they go. Um, as they're going, Sergan Suk says to you, Silas, how many battles do you see? I'm gonna look at the girl. I'm gonna have a look around. Okay. So you can hear the crowd chanting. You can see um, Jeffrey being kind of helped up onto Constance, and you can see Moose, who just jumps from a standing leap onto his horse, which is quite impressive. The horse is huge, but he's also huge. Um, but when he jumps up, there is kind of a, a cheer from his side, and they are being given their lances and preparing to fight. I, I think there are more than I can count here. He frowns. Really? Well, we got, of course, the uh, the, the the battle against. Well, there was a battle. You could say between Oxford, Cambridge, Oxford, London, Oxford, Reading. There's all. all all those in which is uh, it's Silas. There are two battles. Which two? Stop looking at the men, Silas. <laughs> what are you doing? Oxford, Cambridge, Oxford, Reading. He looks at you like you're mad. <laughs> Um, you're close enough to hear this. It's not silent. I mean, I'm, I'm sitting on the bench outside. Yeah, the bench outside the tent. Yeah, yeah that's exactly where they are. Yeah. So. I mean, I'm not engaging in this. Conversation. No, no, no. But you can hear it. Yeah. Um. is not the most subtle. Subtle. <laughs> so. Prophets. I'll give you Silas a um, wits and animal Ken roll. Okay, uh, does my specialty apply? What's your specialty? Horses. Yes. Woohoo! 
four. Okay. <laughs> it's weird. As his words sink into your mind and you look, you see something strange is going on. As the riders are saluting and preparing to make their charge, you see Constance look at Moose's horse like, uh, 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 and bears her teeth. And as Moose starts to kick into action, he starts finding it difficult to control his horse. Like the horse doesn't want to go forward. And he's trying to force it forward, but it's difficult. And as he's wrestling with his horse to try and get it going, Jeffrey kicks Constance into action and they start thundering down the track. So that by the time the two of them have their first thing, Moose only just about gets moving. He hasn't got a lot of momentum. Jeffrey's lance strikes Moose. Moose does not fall off the horse, nor look that troubled. However, he is struck and there is a cheer and they go around. The second bout begins. And again, they start to ride. This time, Moose seems to have better control of his horse. As they charge, however, you see Silas, Constance once again, like the last minute, looks at Moose's horse. And Moose's horse veers to the left. And as Moose tries that his lance swings wide, Jeffrey's lance smacks him square in the chest and he falls off. And um, yep, with that cheer. Um, Just roaring cheer. So there is applause. Liam will say... I'm an old man. Um, That's why I was doing that. So we return again to the judges. What is your decision? Plucky Joe said, that was horrible. I can't look. Oh, God. Um, and there is a bit of a pause at there. And then Sir William will say, let us allow our champion to decide. And Jeffrey looks at Moose, who is gradually getting back up and says, even if Cambridgeshire bring its best, Oxfordshire will always win. I only need to take a leg. And there is like, the knights are like, yes! Um, Sir Enolf jumps from his place and cheers wildly at this. Actually, I started walking in the, in the direction of Sir Enolf to see if I can manage to have a conversation with him at some point in the day. I get up from my seat and walk away from this. Okay, where are you going? It's just somewhere that's not here. Like, are you leaving well, the gate? You're just going to like the outskirts yeah, of things. Yeah, I mean, I just, this is a horrific... It is. Of self congratulation. It, it is. Like it there is something. <laughs> yeah. When you step back from it, it is awful. He has a meaningless victory, and I, and I don't. That's not my bag. So, I, I should say those of you not versed in horse law are slightly unaware of the um, the of true the of the social combat. Dominate. Yeah. Uh, Don't. That is that is awful. Don't. Don't on a horse that can. Don't other horses. So, essentially, um, Jeffrey is given a weapon. It takes him a couple of goes, but he gets <laughs> Moose's leg off eventually. And the joust comes to an end. And gradually, I'm, uh, him, him, he gets in, you know, keeping him on boosting. Yeah. He actually does seem quite refreshed and boosted by this whole experience. So you now come, to, or the third and final event is kind of fast approaching. Uh, you've withdrawn Velvet slightly to the back of the field. Yep. 
Um, as you are withdrawing, or sorry, when you've withdrawn, someone approaches you. It's Anne. She's holding her skirt up high and um, kind of trying to pick her way delicately through the mud. She's I'll, not going very fast. I'll just try, I'll try and help her. I'll go over to her. Oh, okay. She'll say, oh, thank you so much. You're I was welcome. I was trying to come and find... It's so good of you to come somewhere discreet because I wanted to talk to you. Sure. She looks around. I, um... I've been thinking long and hard. And... And I've decided I know what our secret, you know, the secret boon that I have. Right, yeah. I know what it is now. And I wanted to tell you so you could make it happen. All right. Is it a, is it a today thing or is it a... Oh, no. Well, no, I, you won't be able to do it all today. It's too involved. All right. Right. Now, she looks around a second time. What I want you to do is this. I want you to make Barnaby fall in love with me. All right. And... When you've done that, I want you to arrange our blood wedding. Really? Yes. Oh, yes, you're very good at this sort of thing. You're always so well turned out. I mean... And, and you're very good at organising. And you understand love. There's no one else that understands love in our family, is there? Uh, no, no, that's true. All right, well... Sure. You know that passion is the most important thing. My heart is moved by passion. Only you understand it. Only you can organise it for me. I will be so grateful and the boom will be resolved. All right. Oh, wonderful. You'll do it. Sure. I'm so excited. I haven't seen Barnaby in months. I don't know where he is. No, I don't know, but I'm sure I can find him. I'm sure you can because you're so clever, Velvet. Oh, I'm so happy. You really have made my day. If you'll excuse me, I have to go and congratulate Geoffrey. He's sure. going to be insufferable after this. I let her go. Yeah, she, she leaves. Uh, do, 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 do. Just going down my list. Uh, oh, yes. All right. So, before Sagansuit goes, yep. he says, Who will be going forward for the final battle? Will it be you? Or will it be Jeffrey? Having tra training with Jeffrey for, for a while, which of, us, which of us do we reckon is the better archer? Right. Well, you don't have to use a bow and arrow. Yep. He is a he's a good archer. You're at least as good, you think? You're you're definitely in his league, and you tend to rate yourself as better than Jeffrey, mm. just the sort of default, really. Yeah. But it's up to you. He's he's certainly he's trained. He's he's no slouch, and he has both arms still, so he can actually <laughs> string a bow. So this is you weren't sure in training if that was going to be true. So. Mm. We'll discuss, but. I'll put myself forward. Hmm. He says, then you should have this. And he gives you a javelin. And then he walks off. Just one? So he only gives you one, yeah. He's going to say, what are you expecting? For things to make sense? Come on. <laughs> so Liam will come out to make the... It's kind of third call. Joanne, you will have occasionally been serving yeah. various kindred um, bits. Although, to be fair, most of them are fed. They don't seem to be hungry. It's more just the kind of affectation of having the blood or having it as a kind of a, a nice thing to have. Um, 
I assume you're not at any point sampling any of this blood flying around. No, good. Just, I'm only at 101. Check. I don't fucking need Just checking. <laughs> just checking. All right. My, my, when I did the thing with Naoto, my hunger did rise. Just so you know. Cool. So hunger two? Yes. Yeah, it's fine. So Liam will go uh, to Plucky Jake for the third draw. And the, the results will be announced. Uh, and Liam says, so... In the ranged combat, Cambridge versus London. For Cambridge, Ashley Roach will be competing. <laughs> and for London, for London, Ben Bays will be competing. Which means that in the second bout, it will be Reading versus Oxfordshire. For Reading, Brona Hughes will be competing. And for Oxfordshire, Silas Shaw. So the two bouts come to be. The first one is Cambridge versus London. The thing that marks that out predominantly is that both contestants only have one arm. And both of them have lost their preferred arm or their dominant hand. Um, Ashley is... Yeah, Ashley is using... Um, throwing knives and um it also looks like his opponent is using something similar it is despite the fact they are injured nevertheless a relatively quick contest for this contest there are lines marked down which you cannot cross you have to throw from behind them however they are not that far apart so if you want to you could get really really close to each other neither of these two do they actually stand at a moderate distance throw both are nimble ashley seems preternaturally nimble ben does not however ben is still very skilled and nimble um they both end up with knives stuck in them however when all is said and done ben um is the loser um but ashley will take a leg at the end of it sorry no i say ashley will take a leg the judges will will make a rule that it is leg he, he loses. It's not entirely clear why. Maybe they're bored. Maybe they took pity on London. No one's saying. So the final, the second bout comes to pass. Yeah, I, 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 so, I'll have to get, get any more javelins if I can. Um, what, are you going and asking Sagansuk for another javelin? Well, I, I, yeah, I'll have, I'll have done that. I'll okay, have, so you uh, go find him and you're like, well, you, you approach him. He looks at you. Uh, do you have any any more? Or do we'll just yes, I have more javelins. Could I have some more, please? Why do you need more? I've given you one. <laughs> I can return them to you afterwards. One should be enough, but yes, quite so. <laughs> All right. All right. Plan B. So you have, of course, have your own weapons you can yep. take. Yep. Or are you just taking the one javelin? I will have the I will have the javelin, but I will have uh, hidden. Well, I'll have the uh, well, the the the, uh, the knives that I've always kept hidden. Sure. Throw mud. <laughs> so Brona will come out to face you. Um, she has um so arranged where next to where she's standing are a pile of cricket balls. <laughs> Um, she does not try to intimidate you or do anything else before things begin. Are you trying to do anything to her before things begin? 
Uh, nah. She just gives you a nod and says, let's fuck each other up. Maybe. So. <coughs> I'm guessing for javelins. Uh, oh, what's your hunger, by the way, Silas? I'm on two. So, by the way, between your bouts, um, Sir Holder will have turned up with an Egyptian man yep. with long hair in his late 20s. He's um, about five foot two. He's quite broad. Yep. He's unconscious. He's there at your disposal if you wish to feed before the bout. Knowing uh, that if I feed it, it'll, uh, it'll remove the uh, Scrazia. Yes, it will. Okay. So, you face off against Brona. Yep. What are you going to throw at her first? I'm going to throw the javelin. Okay. You take Sagan Seek's javelin mm -hmm. and you throw it. Are you rousing for this? Yes, I will rouse. Uh, is it strength? Yeah, strength and athletics. Mm -hmm. uh, javelin specialties apply. Uh, uh, potence would be activated. Would potence still be activated? Um, yeah, I'll let you keep keep it activated because I'm so such a benevolent storyteller. You, um, I should say, you hoist back the javelin, prepare to throw. She's standing there watching you, like, okay. Fucking hell! My dice are not. You're Mate. lucky it's in the games and not, in, I don't know, something important. I want you to, to realise if you don't finish her off with one javelin, you might make Sagansuk look foolish. There's a lot riding on this roll. Eight successes. Eight successes. You pick up the javelin. As you're winding back and throwing, her hand flashes out super fast, collects a ball from the pile and fires it at you. Um, the cricket ball whizzes narrowly by your ear. The javelin whistles into her chest. <laughs> um, you beat her by a margin of four. Um, well, the damage of the javelin plus, plus one. Yeah. Or two, I don't know. No, what so, halved. Does. Yeah. So, it's a pretty nasty shot. Mm -hmm. She is still standing. You, the javelin is sticking in her, but she doesn't remove it. Um, but you do see... Um, actually, no, that's not true. She removes it instant like super fast you see a hand flick up whoosh, flick it out and you see the wounds starting to heal it nice. is then a new round and you are so another cricket ball will fly in your direction oh did she go hungry Uh, okay. It's with the knives, I believe it's Dex, is it? There is a cricket ball flying towards your face. Yeah, with, with, with knives, it will be Dex and... Dex, yeah. yeah. Potence does not apply. Potence does not apply, but it will apply to your damage. Seven. Yeah. <laughs> okay, one. <laughs> so you beat her by a margin of three. Fuck. Plus a knife, which is, I think, one or two. Yeah, just plus one, I think. Plus potence. Yeah. 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 So what's your total damage? Uh, three plus one, so okay, four. Okay, so 
Kreeble glances off you, barely feel it. Uh, a knife catches her. Um, she hasn't, she's like, some of the old wound is healing, but you're doing her new one. And she says, yield, 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 okay? Yield! <laughs> is it the woman who fired? Yes, it's the one with the tattoos of the... Well, one. Sorry. Oh, yes. This was a storyteller blunder. Yield, 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 yield. There we go. Accurately represented this time. Yep. Yes. Thank fuck for that. Okay. Shit, I'm hungry. What's your hunger now? I'm on hunger three. Oh, you've been doing amazingly well. No shit. She says, sorry, Liam will say, we turn to the judges. And... Amargo says, for the first time, pretty much, something. And then Naoto, who's standing at his side now, says, we will take a leg this time. And Sir William says, very well. We too say a leg. Plucky Jake says, nah, <laughs> fine. <laughs> um, and a leg is taken. Well, we, uh, I, I, on which leg would have left her more unbalanced? Um, well, she's missing a right arm. Mm -hmm. So you're taking a left. You can choose which leg it is. So yep, I'll take the left. Sure. <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, and then I go, I'll toss the leg at her. Silas, can you just roll <laughs> your humanity as dice, please? Humanity as dice, just like this? Yeah, just, just black dice, no hunger. I'm assuming I would have seen this. Yeah, you totally see it. So just say again, what do you do with the leg exactly? You throw it? You throw the leg. Okay. That's two. Okay. There is this weird surreal moment where you kind of see yourself throwing this leg at this person. The crowd love it. The knights love it. There is a bit of you that almost feels like you're in a show and this is a prop. Yep. You know, and you're doing a thing and it's part of a scripted scene. And then it's just this little bit of you realizes that this is real. Mm. And you do know that she can grow that leg back, right? You know that. But there's also some part of you that just has that brief flicker of, like, what am I, you know, how, how am I here in this place throwing limbs at people in this bloodstained field? And just for a moment, you have that insight of how, like, just for a moment, the lens of glory, which you've had currently on, briefly is exchanged for the lens of horror. Because there is something truly horrific about where you are. Nevertheless, it's easy for Silas to be kind of cheered out of that mindset if you wish him to be. Because the crowd are obviously very excited. Uh, and well, my, my desire has been to impress, so... Yeah, you get a willpower back. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, you, you certainly get a willpower back for that. Yeah, and because uh, uh, with, with the first one, as, with the first belt as well, I wanted it. But I got a... That was where you got your aggravated willpower back. Yeah, to there. Okay, yeah. fine. I'll take it. I'll take it. Um, Nevertheless, you are victorious. And Oxfordshire, you will realise, having a very strong showing. Because yep. so far, you are both victorious in all of your bouts. And are the only domain to have that. Four arms. Okay. Four arms. Four arms. Four legs. Four legs. We are limbed up. So there is a brief break in proceedings as everybody is going to be moving from this field to the river where the boat race is going to take place at the Evan Lode, which is not far from where you are. Um, 
Is anybody doing anything clever I should know about as we transit to the river? There is an opportunity to try and talk to people if you want whilst there is transit. So far there have been no calls from the Northern Veeam. Everything seems to be fine. Are any of you monitoring news or other such things or are you not worried about that? Cool. I'm just keeping an eye on what's around assuming someone's going to try and stab us. Um, is Isabel anywhere near Serrano? Yes, but she's not with him with him. She's near him. Um, but so Anulf is actually very animate tonight and is often is talking with the other knights and seems to be having the best time. Okay, I approach. If he wants to have a conversation with a lowly neonate, great. If he's animate enough that he is catching up with his old friends, I look for Meliore. Okay. You can certainly make an attempt to speak with him if you wish. Yes, is is it like you want to have a conversation or you just want to have a like is it as in do you want to make small talk or do you want to have oh, a conversation small talk oh sure i want to be you know in his thoughts okay for a second there all right i will let you make a charisma and let me show we say etiquette mm -hmm. guess what's rousing what about you joanne I think if there's a chance that I could approach Helena without it looking anything even close to suspicious. She will occasionally request drinks. Yeah. So, yes, you will have an opportunity yeah. to so approach her. So at some her. point then I will... And this is a kind of, a, a, as in, although people are about to move off, it's like there's also this, a lot of people are just chatting. There's going to be a little, like, respite before the, the boat race begins. Five successes and I don't go hungry. Okay. So there, yes, there was a ten that got me scared. You make small talk with Anolf, and you remind him that you exist. Yeah, and he he sort of he seems very pleased to see you. He will talk about how you know, isn't it good on the night of the games? How it gets the blood pumping, and good to see these young neonates doing so well, etc., etc. And he will often talk about he'll be very excited by Jeffrey's thing, but also all the limb tossing from Silas. He thinks that's amazing, great stuff. He loves it. Okay. Um, yeah, that's it. It's basically get him talking and reminding him of my existence, and that's it. Done. You have definitely done that. So, Joanne, you will. Um, are you trying to speak to Helena herself, or are you trying to speak yes. to Amanda? Okay. So you bring her the cup. Yep. Um, she will kind of not make a big acknowledgement of you. It's almost like you're just somewhere. You could be anybody, and she says, um, "Ah, I brought my." Yes, and I... Thank you. The information you requested will also be on your way soon. She um, takes the cup and says, um, to the future. And then we'll sip. And then goes back to what she's doing. Take my leave. Um, oh, you, if you've taken any superficial willpower damage, we'll get it back because you have managed to talk to Helena. Yes. Which was one of your desires. Velvet. You were things are you just maintaining your stance? Yeah, I mean I feel very depressed that everything about this is happening. But also that <clears throat> I've realised in this like in this encounter, I basically I'm trying to do what Theo advised me to do. Um but the re the result of that is terrific. So I, I basically the best the best way I can maintain what he's asked me is by not talking to anyone. Um but I need I will be giving serious thought to to his his actions. Okay. So, so yeah. you are reflecting on all of this. Um, and whilst you're doing that, and there's lots of kind of 
pomp and ceremony. The judges seem to have gone from the podium at this point. Um, the princes, like Drogo is being removed on his palanquin. Other princes have actually got up um, and are kind of moving off and things. There is this lol. And um, Naoto will come up to you. He's hurrying. He's not making a great job of hurrying because it's quite muddy. But as he gets close to you, you're more removed from the worst area. You've got quite good intuition. Naoto looks a little bit haggard. If you were going to, you were going to lay man, he doesn't. You've seen him look better. He still looks fine. He doesn't look hurt. There's just a sort of slightly drawn, slightly. Um, and he says, "Ah." He says, "Naoto, son." Yes. It is. Are you? Are you well? Oh yes, I'm fine. It is just this. Oh, it's just you don't look well. I love you, Valen. You see him take a moment to gather himself. I put my hand on his arm to steady him. He says, Empathy. Do you remember you said we would have a evening together? Yeah. True. We must have it soon. I am tired of all this. He gestures in the direction of the games. He says, So weary. He says, who wishes to see? He says, all of this limb waving nonsense. He says, I am, says, I am so, tired. He says, limb waving is a long tradition in Oxfordshire. And <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I couldn't speak against it at all. He says, but there must be other diversions. You said yourself that there were other things you said you would arrange me an evening of uh, you must do it soon i want right. us to feel like gods velvet you know what i i would like that too i have been feeling not that way so much well you know he what glances back in the direction of the field maybe in the direction of theodore who can say <laughs> <laughs> well you are in good hands with me he says, Spend a night out with me, and I guarantee you, you will feel as good as you've ever felt in the end of it. He looks quite relieved, and he says, "Ah." He says, "Then, is I look forward to that evening with all of my being." Well, uh, I can uh, get hold of you. I presume I know where to get hold of him, or I know where he's staying. Yeah, well, you have the, you can always contact him through the messenger That's if fine, I ask. Okay. But if you you can ask him if you want a means to I'll contact say, him. Um, can I take your number? He hesitates for a moment and then says, yes, yes. You should have my number. <clears throat> I'll take his number. Says, so we can do this quickly and right. without the interference of the others. And he will hand you a number. Okay. I'll take his number. Cool. And then he hurries off in the direction you think Amargo went. Again, slip sliding a bit. Because he's, he, he's trying to be dignified, but he can't be too long. So he's, he's making his best. I'll, uh... <coughs> he does not fall over be reminded of the, the fact that I need to throw my own shoes in the bin when there's not <laughs> yeah like yeah he's got mud like all up his trousers it's yeah. it's a shame because they're expensive trousers there is a kind I mean, of a crime a against a crime. trousers going on as you watch crime against trousers <laughs> yeah is that the title of the episode, title of the episode? it could who knows maybe uh, maybe um, anyway we'll worry about titles later <laughs> So, everybody moves to the riverside. Silas, is there anything you are planning to do before I do something to you? 
What? Sorry, no, you carry on. What, do, anything you wanted to do before we get to the river? Uh, yeah, ju just um, just uh, discuss discussing with, with, with Jeffrey and <laughs> keeping an eye out just in case someone moves up. Jeffrey says, you know, I I imagined this many many times, and I thought it was going to be so much worse than this. <laughs> I I mean, I thought one of us would be being carried by now. Because isn't this incredible? We have a we have a very good chance, Silas. Yes, we do. Let's not waste it. Yes, we got this. Right. We've got this. Come on. He's about to say something else, and then something seems to knock him aside slightly, and you see Finn's there, and he bangs you on the shoulder. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Says, "You're killing it, Silas. You're slaying them. Oh, I love it. Well, I, I'm not literally slaying them. I'm just tossing something. Oh, that's going to come in the boat race. Oh, this is so. You've got this. I believe in you, Silas. You can do this. And I'll see." He leans forward, but he's not that quiet. He says, they're very pleased. Very pleased what they're seeing. You're so close. He says, and you, Jeffrey, he turns around and puts an uh, arm around his shoulder and says, uh, you're doing very well, you know, considering. Yeah. And then he, yeah. Jeffrey says, yes, we're both winning all our events. And Finn says, aye. You've won your event, and Silas has won both of his. <laughs> and uh, and then he says, well, then he just kind of waves you off and uh, says, I'll be watching. And he goes away. Let's go. Do this. Jeffrey says something under his breath. Are you trying to listen in? Yep. Okay, go for it. Raise awareness. Uh, yeah. Difficulty's low, because you're quite close. You hear him say, sires are the worst. <laughs> I just keep, just keep, yeah, just uh, keep, uh, keep, keep, okay. up. keep, keep going. So you're both in quite high energy as you go down. So what you essentially have by the riverside are four boats, one for each domain. And the contestants of the domain each go to their boat. This, of course, in some cases with some assistance as some of them are missing <laughs> limbs. Um, like legs or arms um, or one of each um, nevertheless some of the contestants seem to very artfully position themselves such to be the most use they can um, and nevertheless each boat seems capable of some movement even if it's not as ideal scenario so both you and Jeffrey are able to man oars are you looking to lead the rowing? Your big, strong, all-pulling arms? Or are you going to have Jeffrey with his less big, strong, all-pulling arms, but a lifetime of um, rowing experience? Silas will lead. I will lead, yeah. You can almost feel Finn's approval yeah. of that decision <laughs> yeah. from where you're sitting. And so you take lead. <laughs> Jeffrey is, does not contest this. Despite his enthusiasm and his bolstering, he does seem a bit fragile. So you set yourselves up. You will see the other contestants setting themselves up. Let me just gather my dice. So Liam will come forward and he says... Though the other bouts have shown us the strengths of the various domains, this is the event that will prove for this games who is to be the champions. Which domain 
proves themselves in this year to be stronger than the others and to have a more promising future than the others. Ready, ready. <laughs> <laughs> say, are all of the representatives ready? And various people will nod, give their assent. Because then, with the judge's permission, we'll begin. And Plucky Jake will say, three, two, go! (laughs) (laughs) And you set off. So everybody immediately starts rowing. You can, of course, rouse for this. Jeffrey will give you an automatic success through his assist. Yep. So it's going to be strength athletics, I'm guessing? It will be for the first round, strength and athletics. And yes, your potence will apply. Rouse. Would potence would help with... Oh, it, that, it adds, you add your potence as additional... Dice. dice because it's an athletics check yeah. rather than damage it's yeah. not damage so you it's not a combat roll as you dice you to your strength effectively yeah 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 fucking cool man Jesus I mean I, I haven't this pool but like it <laughs> someone buy more dice for him no he could buy them himself that is not good <laughs> you I know that even power that he get regained he didn't <laughs> seriously Mm-hmm. I don't want to tell. He has like 14 dice. 13 dice and I have six fucking successes. Well, after willpower, he got six successes. That's like 50%. That's not too bad. Uh, yeah, after statistically, willpower. Four, five. Yeah, but oh, sorry, seven. I missed one dice. I got seven successes. Okay. You got seven successes. Yeah, 50%. All right. So all of the um, contestants... Uh, that, but, so that wasn't oh. including... So including Jeffrey's successes makes eight. Ah, that might make the difference. Oh, yeah, yep. So, I should say, this is not a one-test race. No. Yep. It is a best of three. Best of three. With the highest cumulative successes winning. Unless someone gets a monstrous number of successes, in which case you will just finish the race. So, everybody starts rowing. It is fair to say there is obviously two different races going on. Um, London is struggling. Because between them... They don't have much of a... But they are kind of working in tandem to try and get their boat going. But it's pretty sad. They're edging forward very slowly. They are making progress, but it is a laborious thing. Reading is doing better, but not wildly better. In Cambridge's case, Moose is taking the lead. He's being braced by Ashley, who is also um, assisting with the oar but not as effectively as Jeffrey is, but he's doing his best to try and assist. And Silas obviously is rowing like a champion. Jeffrey is also rowing along and helping. Very nice and neat strokes. And you see that they are close, but Oxfordshire have it just by a nose at the moment, but it's, there's very little in it. As the race continues down the river and various people start to stroll to watch you know, as it goes, we now move to stamina and athletics. Well, shit. You might, if you've roused, you might want to see if you go hungry. Oh, I have. It's all right. So have some other people. Mm, good food. Yep. Um, so stamina versus athletics. Your potence will still apply as a bonus, as bonus dice. Thank 
He always he, he still adds an additional success because it's based off his skill rather than his oh, stat. You know that aggravated will power damage that he heals. Yeah. <laughs> so I feel a theme here. As you're rowing, you dig deep. This is you are aware as you are pushing yourself that you are feeling tired, you know. This is exhausting you on a sort of deeper level. And you just feel like you, you know you've got to win. You're putting everything in it, but you're not quite sure how much of you is going to be left on the other end of that line. Um, luckily, the impairment bonuses aren't currently affecting you. So, how, how did you do? Uh, with Jeffrey's success, I have six. All right, so you've oh, got six no for a total of 13 successes, right? No, 14. Seven and six? Uh, eight. Eight, and six. eight and six. Oh, eight and six. Sorry, I was looking at the wrong. I was looking at Cambridge's numbers. Sorry, 13, six. Right, okay. Let me just put your results in the right box and I'll put their results in the right box. It'll be great. So. Um, oh my God. All right, so. Was that voice? There is this horrible thing as you see these kind of giant strokes of moose as they start to edge past you Box. into the lead. Although Ashley is busy, you are also aware of him glaring at you across the water. <laughs> um, moose, however, is not paying any attention to you. He is just focused on his rowing. So, the final round yep. is also a stamina plus athletics roll you can of course rouse oh i'm just going to see if they go hungry oh man they do yeah if there's a time to rouse is now um so yes oxfordshire began in the lead but then the thing about moose is you're not sure if moose i mean even for a vampire he's not quite human he just seems to be rowing with such ludicrous power you got this come on you have no idea about how much I'm checking right now. Oh, yes! I, I see multiple. I feel sorry for everyone with headphones. Apologies at home <laughs> if you are I see multiple struggling. That will be uh, adding the success. Will be nine happy critical. Ah, okay. Please make this one. So in the kind of manner of most TV shows, there is of course this thing where <laughs> both boats are very close. And then you see like Cambridgeshire in slightly in the lead and then Oxfordshire kind of call it back a little bit so they're getting close and then Cambridgeshire nudge it. And you can see the finish line approaching where the judges are waiting. And it kind of feels like back and forth and back and forth uber close all the way um and it does feel weirdly like um it, it almost feels certain to you it's almost like you and moose going head to head um i mean jeffrey would tell you he's there but maybe it doesn't feel that way to silas and uh it is nevertheless you think you believe when you reflect on this moment that it is ashley's injuries and weaknesses and the fact that the two of you are intact, which allows you at the last to keep your sustained 
rowing up and that together in synchrony you row yourselves across the line ahead of Cambridgeshire. Oh. And there is of course And let's see if I go or not. And nope. Okay. Um, four still, right? Four still. Oh, oh I thought it was So feeling Perfectly exhausted. Enough. But not not impaired, but feeling exhausted and also feeling probably very depleted in terms of your inner reserves. Yep. You come off the boat and the assembled crowd will start a gentle walk back. You do not walk, Silas. You are carried back on Sir Kerstag's shoulders. Sir Kerstag? Oh, ah. Yeah, she gets there before Finn. <laughs> <laughs> There's a weird moment where you see Finn walking towards you and then you're in the air. And she's like, come on, my wee boy. And then, like... Starts walking. This is, I think this is what size is like two times the size. Oh yeah, you're much bigger than her, but she carries you like you're a feather. This thing will go. Uh, rough. Big go with it. Um. it's his sitting on her shoulders. Yes. So probably your legs reach her knees. Yeah. 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 Not much higher. No, you're not actually much higher, but you are nevertheless on her shoulders. Mind the mic stand, by the way. Oh, did not touch it. <laughs> um. So Rafe will ride over and on Constance and will bring Jeffrey up to ride with him in triumph back to um... You find yourselves pretty soon though, both of you on your feet in the main arena, but not in the middle, kind of waiting at the side. And um, Liam will come forward, the crowd will all gather again Obviously, Oxfordshire's side seems very jubilant. Cambridge is being politely congratulatory. Um, as are the other domains, it does seem like Reading would have liked to see a different result. That is definitely the feel. Yes, Those of you that know Reading well will get. Nevertheless, they are not kind of being particularly angry about it. On the walk back, are any of you trying to talk to anyone, do anything clever I should be aware of? No. Still working. Still working. Walking around. I'm not going like to the celebrations. So, <clears throat> so I mean, I just if I, I will be wherever it is that I'm required to be, but nowhere else. So you can kind of get away with yeah being Trying on the edge of things. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's absolutely fine. So you position yourself kind of well out of the way. Uh, Joanne, you were of course required to bring some celebratory drinks to the relevant judges and things. I'm not doing anything clever. <laughs> okay. You're not doing anything clever. Nope. You just provide the drinks. You behave well. Do you have any etiquette? No. Excellent. Can you make me... <laughs> I'm going to let you roll this off resolve. Yep. Because you are focused trying to maintain a long-term thing. Yeah, no willpower. Fuck that shit. One. Okay. And a skull. And a skull? Yeah. Would you like to succeed at a cost? What's the cost? The cost is that at some point you will drop your mask of, I really love doing this work, and that somebody is going to notice. Yeah. Yeah, that's fine. Okay. So... Um, success is a cost in one session. <laughs> as you are serving Sir William... 
a drink, there is a point where Plucky Jake winks at you. Says, I like you. Thank you. And you move on. Uh, so you you kind of gather back um, the contestants that have been seriously injured. Um, some of them have just retired to their tents, but certainly Cambridge's occupant, they will, despite their injuries, will be sitting out to watch um, and kind of congratulate the winners. I'm just kind of taking my time because our winner needs to be here for this next thing. <laughs> Here he is. It's like he's coming to his own thing. Da, 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 here he is. Welcome back. So you, um, you see, of course, these domains gathered, plus, of course, the, the so the four domains, plus the guest from Tokyo, and you then also see that Finn and Sir Wallace will go out to stand kind of beneath the judges' podium. And um, Liam will come out again and say, without any further ado, let us congratulate our champions, Silas Shaw of the line of the Black Douglas and Geoffrey Fletcher of the line of Enolf von Bassenheim. And the victory of the domain of Oxfordshire. And then there is a big kind of set of applause and cheering. Um, and they've deliberately made it so you have like the long walk across the field. So you can have the maximum amount of applause and joy. And um, of course, Finn is delighted. Um, and as you approach, they have similar looking badges to the ones they are wearing that they will present to you. Um, Finn will present his to Geoffrey and Wallace will present his to you. Ooh. You got something off Wallace. And he says, when it's because obviously you're quite close to each other. Something Velvet can spit on that. <laughs> he says, <laughs> well, because I have to say I am impressed. Credit where credit's due. Because you have the makings of a champion. Thank you. And everybody who matters knows who won today. Says they always remember. He glances in Finn's direction. You realize he's making a reference to the fact that he and Finn won. But you think he's suggesting perhaps that maybe he carried your sire in the way that maybe you carried Jeffrey? Yeah. Nevertheless, he's kind of insulting your sire. You doing anything about that? Hmm. Well, as it, as, as it is, it is nevertheless both times victory for us. Yes. No, matter, no matter how the method is, we have won again, proving ourselves again. Is well spoken. It is indeed a good thing for Oxfordshire that we have come so far. But Oxfordshire needs strong pillars to support it. And those pillars will rise where others will not. 
I, 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 I turned to Finn and go, yes, we will. Finn's talking to Jeffrey. He's not actually talking. He's not engaged in this conversation. As if to say, yeah, we will rise. Finn will then notice that and say, aye, this is a good time for us, for us all, eh? And he pats Wallace on the arm. And Wallace says, you could see that. And then, of course, the presentation is partly finished and you will all turn. They will, they will make a public acknowledgement. And it's a bit weird. They will both sort of bow to you. And you realise it is the formal handing over that they were the previous champions who currently held that honour. And now you will hold it until the next games where you would then be here to do the same kind of thing. Like a sort of passing of the baton. Um, Liam says, um, given the nature of this victory, of Oxfordshire winning two times in a row, it will be up to them if they wish to host the next time or whether they want to pass that honour on to someone else. We'll leave it with their prince. And he says, I'd like again to thank Prince Drogo and, of course, the Northern Gatekeeper, Jasmine Blank, for running such a smooth games for all of our domains. It's not an easy thing to bring us all together in such a fashion, and they've done it very memorable job i think we'll all agree so our thanks to them and our thanks to our judges who have done such a fantastic job as well and uh there no he does not throw <laughs> lucky jake does not throw a brick at the master of ceremonies um but the judges will accept their approval from the crowd and such like he says it is obviously with great regret that London's Prince could not make it this time, but we hope that whatever has kept her away will be resolved by the next games and we will look forward to seeing her then. And if I might indulge, I hope you will all offer your warm congratulations to Prince Helena of Reading as it is her 400th birthday. And there is... Uh, uh, congratulations actually the knights of oxfordshire seem quite pleased about this as well yeah they, they um, are very nicely eager um so and uh she will just say um i think that is enough to um liam and he says forgive me he says my love for you and the domain overwhelms me sometimes and then he says uh so I wish you all a safe journey back. Please remember that this Elysium is maintained by all princes of all domains until the night is over. This is, we would like the games to end as smoothly as they began. A good night to you all and safe hunting. And things begin to break up. Uh, I will try and go somewhere for a trip. <laughs> you don't have to go far to get a drink. You're hungry, right? Yeah. You and Jeffrey are taken away with the knights for a celebratory feast. Oh. So you don't have to hunt. You don't have to worry about that stuff. You will be plied with really nice blood. Victory blood. Um, the rest of you, is there anything you're doing that I should be aware of? Don't stop until the end of the night. Like the, other, the other believes he's in patrol still. 
Sure. And he engages in that. <clears throat> okay. Keeping my duties up till I'm dismissed. Sure. So I will come to you in a moment, Joanne. Oh, um, I leave it whatever is the first. You can now go. You oh, can now. Okay, you can now go. And the only the only <clears throat> thing, if you like, in terms of duty that's still on you is that if the Northern Beam hit late night trouble or yeah. so Holden needed you, they could call you. But you can basically now go wherever you want. Okay, that's fine. So you are basically going to your car and getting the hell out of there. Yep. You do so, no problems. Where are you going, out of curiosity? Just away, or uh, home, or are you doing anything that I should be aware of? Let's go back to the flat, not, not the haven. Where I used to live with Adam, I'll go back there. So the secret love nest, yeah. by its official Which, title. I don't think he, well, he's not there, but yes, I'll go back there. No, he's not there, he's doing his job. But you return to the secret love nest, and obviously doing so, Velvet has been in quite a reflective mood this night. And it has been... It's weirdly normal coming back to the flat, in a sense. You've been in this strange place of kind of spectacle and horror and bloodshed and monsters. And now you've come back to this place, which in Velvet's mind is a place of love and sanctuary. But also, of course, at this point is a lonely place. Yeah. And so he is left alone with his thoughts there. Theodore remains on patrol. And indeed, the night kind of passes without particular incident is there anyone there are of course tons of kindred about are there any he's trying to catch or is he just going to be properly on duty actually he's going to be eyeing very closely who is a muggle talking to yes and who is now with them so Naoto is generally being translator so he is stapled to Amargo's side excellent and Amargo is generally talking to Sir William. Plucky Jake has already gone. You don't know where he's gone, but he's just sort of vanished at some point. There is... Um, it's, Amargo is being brought into a talk with a few of the knights, you will notice. Um, and he will be mainly with uh, Sir Enolf and probably um, Sir James. They will be the, the main ones that he's with. However, they will all be going off, you will notice, with Silas, because there's a feast. And Margot has been invited, you will realise, as a guest. They're going to let him take part in that honour. Um, there is a victory feast. It is not just held by the victors, for your reference, Silas. It is also attended by the princes of the other domains. Um, and they can, if they wish, bring guests. Of course, they would choose to bring the Master of Ceremonies uh, in terms of Reading. Um, but Cambridgeshire will not bring any guests. The prince will just attend. There are no attendees from <coughs> London. So, it's an odd time. You are surrounded by ancient vampires, with the possible exception of Lucian, though you won't know that, um, who are all in high spirits. If you imagine a sort of the end of a football game or a rugby game where everyone's really like, Ray! it's like that, except they're vampires. And instead of booze, they're doing it through the medium of blood. This blood is laced with a really interesting cocktail of stuff. I assume Silas is drinking deep. Yeah. You are encouraged to do so. In fact, blood is just pushed in your direction for the duration of the night, the remains of the night. Um... Unless you are trying to do otherwise, you will end the night at hunger zero. You will end it with an intense resonance, which will be, I believe, I think yes, it will be, no, it will be choleric. 
<coughs> because this is a champion's cocktail. Okay. So you have an intense choleric resonance, which basically means that until you next feed or get a hunger five, um, your celerity and potence will get a plus one. Die. Dice. None. Not level. Yeah, you don't have the extra level of powers, but you have plus one no. dice when you use those disciplines. Um, you will also regain one aggravated willpower as you have taken a step towards meeting your ambition of becoming a knight. Indeed, although Silas will not remember much of the conversations, he is congratulated and properly noticed by all of the knights, um, with the exception probably of the prince. Who will you will be presented to the prince? The prince will make some gesture, the herald will say, Oh, yes, he's very pleased. But that is all you will get from him. But the others will actively make a point of, you know, congratulating you. And um, uh, so, Gansuk, you're aware you have some kind of barely remember conversation with him where he will be a little bit like, It is most perplexing that you needed the knife at the end. <laughs> but you don't remember much more than that. He'll go away. Um, Sir James, you will hear him say at some point, truly, you are my blood. It feels quite good. Probably to Silas, I'm guessing. Yep. Um, so Kerstag will make a big fuss of you. Um, we'll take the opportunity to dunk on Finn a little bit as a result. Um, but we'll congratulate Finn on doing an excellent job in raising you. Um, you will be aware that there's just lots of congratulations. Sir William will make a point of coming to see you, congratulate you. Sir Anolf is very pleased. And he will say how um, it has been years since I have laughed so much. It's, it's, uh, did you see the look on his face when he caught his own arm? <laughs> <laughs> this is a memory I will have for a long time to come. I thank you, Silas Shaw. You're welcome. And... Yeah, you just have this weird, this weird night of lots of elder vampires being kind of weirdly enthusiastic and kind of childlike at you. And like, yay! There is also lots of talk about... There is banter which Lucian engages in. It's kind of good-natured, kind of, about how it's the second time in a row Oxfordshire have trounced Cambridgeshire. They're going to have to pull their socks up next time. And da -da -da -da, which will then fall into reminiscing about previous contests and other great nights and things like that. Suffice to say, Silas has a good night. Although he won't remember much of it. No, it Very intense night. Joanne, yep. the Herald says, we'll have some time away with you, where most people have gone away. He says, well, it has been a most interesting evening. A rather eventful evening, yes. I trust I can rely upon your discretion being in your role, you may have overheard things that were not meant for your ear. I don't believe I ever heard anything. I must say, Joanne, you are excelling yourself, and I might speak to the prince on your behalf. Perhaps a year was a little too much, considering, considering what excellent qualities. Perhaps... Perhaps now you are free of your sire, your true glory can show itself. Sometimes we are held back by some people that mean the best, but we outgrow them. Indeed. Well, I wish you a most wonderful evening, and Oxfordshire thanks you for your service. I require no thanks. 
and you part company. <laughs> cool. Um, and I believe we have a few more things. So I'm going to we're going to kind of come bring the session to a close here. However, there are bookkeeping and things to say. So the first thing to say is, I've remembered that Velvet got a stain. Um, so your current humanity is six, so you'll have three dice to roll. You need one success to feel any kind of remorse. Yep. Yep. So it's not so much, Velvet won't feel remorse for not doing what he was told. It's more a thing of feeling that you know, that, that thing about being told to do something that you feel you should do as a respectful person with a good upbringing. But then when that thing you're told is wrong and that kind of remorse for the whole situation, you feel it was bad to not do what you were told, but you stand by what you believe. Okay. It's a kind of strange mix. Because I believe that Velvet had a very sort of proper upbringing and when you're given instruction from your father, grandfather, etc., you should do it. So there's this weird thing of going against kind of his belief, but also feeling like he did the right thing and holding on to his integrity and his humanity in that, in that scenario. So I normally say a thank you to um, whoever it is doing the tech. So this is obviously Mitch Appreciation Week. Uh, but I want to say an especial thank you to Mitch this week for a couple of reasons. One is that he's managing the new tech rig, which is slightly uh, exciting and stressful. And at least as far as I know, has done a great job so far. <laughs> I'll find it afterwards. <laughs> and the other thing is, is that... Um, some he, he's as you probably know mitch um is our backseat st so he's also involved in a lot of the plotting and the things that go on and he has been working extremely hard behind the scenes with me for both some of the events in this session and stuff that is coming up soon so uh, yeah he has been sort of excelling himself and i want to say a special thank you to mitch for all of his hard work so do appreciate him in chat if you can um i also want to say a special thank you to our live audience and padawan tech Thanks for watching this episode of Blood on the Tamases. Yada, 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 etc., etc., whatever. You know the drill. See you next time.